What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life here in Alaska. We're back for another great episode, joined here by a group of fellas, the one, the only, Mr. Sean Love. Hey, what's up, guys? As promised, we finally chased him down, but the Vinny Vincent Waddell. Hi. And Mr. Bryce Donich is sitting in and joining us this evening as well What's going on guys? We're going to have an awesome, awesome episode for y'all Sorry for the gap in last week's episode Our work schedule got hellacious for a short period of time Had Had to go do some things, go take care of some stuff But we're back with you guys this week for a thrilling episode It's finally, finally slowly melting here in South Central Alaska, at least on the hill, everywhere in town seems to slowly be gaining green grass, and we still have snow berms, but they're getting smaller, so uh, that's on the up and up, but we got some fishing on the agenda. It's been, when was the last time you were on, Vince? ADAC? ADAC. So yeah, over a year now. A lot of things, a lot of things have happened since then, so we're going to get the full rundown on that. Y'all are gearing up for the 2023 salmon season coming up here real soon so get all the all the nitty-gritty on that and how last season went and uh all the in- adventures in between it's gonna be a good one so, so uh before we get started why don't you go ahead and let the people know a little bit about yourself again Vinny, for all our new listeners give them kind of your background in the alaska maritime industry kind of your fishing background and uh where you're at now because big there's been some big changes since we last chatted yep um well i'm 24 born in alaska (laughs) (laughs) when did you (laughs) anyways he's a big talker out here (laughs) (laughs) that's about it (laughs) yeah um i first kind of basically fell in love with commercial fishing when i was i don't know probably 10 or 11 i don't really know exactly but my brother started doing it He's six years older than me, and one time, me and my parents went out to Prince William Sound. We went shrimping for the weekend, and he was out there fishing, and one of um, his buddies was out there fishing, doing cost recovery in Esther Island, and we got to go fishing with him for a day, seining, and that pretty much kind of kicked off that whole thing with me. I'd always like going fish with my dad, you know, catching halibut and stuff. <clears throat> but, yeah, and then when I was 13, I got my first job cleaning charter boats here in Homer, so then I started doing that about halfway through the summer, and then by the end of that summer, I was deckhanding, and then the next summer, I was still cleaning, I think I was cleaning like two or three charter boats, and then also deckhanding during the day, and then um, I started working on my stepdad's drift net boat when I was 15. No, I was 14. And then I did that for those two summers. And then I finally got an opportunity to go sailing in Kodiak for salmon when I was 16. And I've been doing it ever since. And this last year, I was able to buy my first boat and freaking go do it. 
Prince William Sound. It was pretty awesome. It was a fun first year. Heck yeah. No, it was, it was cool seeing that finally come to fruition. That'd been something because we've been friends pretty much since I moved to the state. And it was always, you know, staying up late, searching boats, looking at boats. And, you know, we were all young and didn't have a cent to our name. So it's all oh, pipe yeah. dreams at that point. But seeing it all come to fruition at, you know, the squirrely bright age of, 24 is a huge accomplishment and i was 23 yeah hey hey Word. <laughs> exactly i give it to you so yeah being you know as young as you are most people are still trying to figure out where the hell in life they even want to attempt going and you know did a, did the biggest thing and taking a huge business leap a huge personal leap and now you're responsible for a bunch of lives and uh keeping the bills fucking paid <laughs> rip <laughs> But, uh, heck yeah, we'll dive into that a little bit more. I want to ask Bryce a few questions before we get into the meat of everything. But uh, Bryce Donich is sitting in with us. Uh, his dad's a famous local charter captain here, and he's been, just like a lot of us, kind of bred into the maritime industry. So uh, give a little bit of uh, your own credentials and kind of how you've gotten to where you are now. Um, yeah, so I... Grew up, started fishing with my dad on on the charter boat, and then uh, after high school, I uh, decided to go get my maritime credentials and started working on offshore supply vessels and tending oil rigs in the inlet, and then uh, went out to Dutch Harbor and started running tugs, working on tugboats. Did some cooking, was in the kitchen, was the kitchen bitch for a while. Damn good cook, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was good, and then uh, I got tired of that. Went back to uh, commercial fishing for a year, and I uh, always loved it. But uh, realized that I was like, well, I still want to use my license, so I went back and worked for a research company and was uh, an engineer on a um, hundred and five foot boat doing that for a year and a half or so. And then uh, me and the owners kind of had a falling out, so <laughs> moving on <laughs> but, happens. Uh, yeah, and then uh, last year when Vinny told me he got his boat, I was like, oh, I got to be around for this first summer. I got I to see what goes on here. So yeah, I went out and helped Vinny run his boat, and yeah, and then in the wintertime now I um, commercial um, dive and do work in the harbor and stuff and around the city. So. Heck yeah, how's the diving been? It's been cool. Um, not a lot of fun diving, but uh, <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last two weeks ago I was over in Seldovia welding on a dock. That was pretty fun, doing some underwater welding. And was uh, dragging for a mooring buoy that got lost out in the bay that we had to go find and dive down on that. So That's cool. What's y'all's, uh, what would you say your main, like what's the most common work order y'all get for when y'all get called out and contracted out? A lot of it's uh, dock repair, like um, yep. and facility repair, like around the um, harbor and whatnot. And then, well, our second most common is uh, either salvages or uh, doing mooring buoys and stuff like that, and finding moorings. Interesting, because yeah. that was always something. Because I always know there's the vessel demand. You know, get some. I mean, we had a diver go down. We were having some issues with the generator intake. We were or just generator and. Uh, in whole and we were trying to dial down what what the issue was and we kind of boiled it down till we thought it was something on the intake some gross or something on the uh water intake there for the coolant system and had you know had some divers come out and you know stuff like lines in the prop but i was like i wonder what because you can't make a living solely off of that you know that's pretty you know 
for the most part, seasonal. So I was always curious kind of what the other uh, demand is for the dives. But that makes sense. A lot of salvage stuff, floating stuff, and then yeah. uh, mooring buoys. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, whenever yeah. those get drug out by whoever or whatever, <laughs> go, go find those. So Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of lot of that. And, and uh, yeah, and then the dock repairs, those are huge. There's always stuff going on right there. We were pulling pilings and welding on pilings and fixing stuff that's broken. Or, like, the ferry dock over Sylvia sank, and we had to go underneath and cut all the pilings off and yank it out and refloat it and so yeah there's a little bit of everything so that's right. cool yeah that's fun oh that's 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 a good change of pace because you're like you're still directly incorporated by the maritime industry you're still involved in all that but you don't have to deal with all the bullshit of what a boat can be but uh we're just trying to make vince rethink every everything he's devoted his life to now. <laughs> oh definitely but give us a little rundown on um, how your first season as a captain went, kind of from the from the get go. Kind of actually, before we get into that, talk about the boat buying buying process because that's unfamiliar to most people. You know, it's a very very similar process, or at least in the size and scope of it, as you know, buying a house or you know, you're talking same price range, kind of same same whole ordeal there talk a little bit on how that a uh, buying process went and then uh kind of your personal experience going through that process and then uh how it all uh led into your season um so i was pretty fortunate because i'd been fishing for a family that is i don't know very well known part of the mafia yeah <laughs> no no no, no, no just no. the fish they're mafia very, they're very nice people <laughs> They give their shirt off and back to you, but unless there's a fish, they're <laughs> No, they're awesome. I love them to death. They're definitely, I don't know, they're pretty much brothers. But, um, yeah, so since I worked for them for, like, the past five years, um, the fish processor, fish processor that um, we sell to pretty much came up to me and offered me a opportunity to buy a boat from one of my friends that i grew up with and i pretty much took it and it was pretty late in the season to be buying a boat because i don't know i was fishing i'd been doing crab and then herring and it was actually during herring and i kind of like halfway quit my job (laughs) which i'd never done before to start my own thing but i don't know it was worth it um a lot of paperwork a lot of head scratching. A lot of asking mom if I can use her printer and her scanner. <laughs> mom, can you read this seven letter word for me? It's a little big. Yeah, yeah. Right, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> we don't have to be good at all things, just no. some things. Yeah. For us, it's just catching fish. <laughs> Keep it simple. That's how we like to roll. Yeah. 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 But no, it was good. I don't know. The biggest struggle was uh, I wasn't able to buy a permit. Um, because they incorporated this rule that if you have an extra permit in the area that we're fishing in, you get to fish an extra 25 fathoms of seine, which is like the type of net that we use. And so a bunch of them got bought and the prices went up. And I also just didn't really have the money at the time to just go get a state loan and buy one. So I ended up trying to lease one and that fell through like when the season was already open. So then I had to wait another two and a half weeks and I pretty much fished the entire first month of the season 
waiting on a permit. And then finally, when we started fishing, I had like two days of like kind of fishing. We were fishing for chums down in Southwest District and in Man- Montague. And then Valdez opened. It was like one of the biggest days in history, and I sucked because <laughs> I couldn't freaking load fish on my boat. That's all right. We did okay. Yeah, we still did okay. I don't know. And then the second day, they had us on a uh, a limit, so we could only catch like X amount of fish, and we got our limit in our first set. So that kind of screwed us. And then the season was pretty much over after that. We had like <laughs> 10 more days, but I mean, it it had already peaked, and then... Usually the last month of the season is like our big money making month and they just fish didn't show up. So, but I don't know. It was good. Yeah. Learned lots. No, can't be more stoked for this year. Oh, I, I can't no. imagine. Cause first year of anything is just, you know, if anything, just trying to iron out, figure out one, figure yeah. out your boat, you know, yeah. it's a brand new vessel to you. There's plenty of freaking headaches to go with that. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, being the first time business owner, first time, you know, captain, you've got, three other window liquors you got to keep you know <laughs> keep straight and or, you know working and then you know there's just so many other other facets to it that being you know a deck man um deck man that's a that's a fun new word a deck hand uh, <laughs> you can be a deck lady too deck them we're inclusive <laughs> deck them. <laughs> deck them. exactly deck them. Yeah. if you could pitch fish you could work on a boat <laughs> just fuck um but yeah so many different variables that go into that and you know making it through your first season's a huge huge you know accomplishment especially you had setbacks you're sitting waiting for a permit you miss days you have you know you get a big day and if it's you know you're off your game a little bit you miss what you could have had but as long as you can you know keep the bills paid and keep the keep the note in good good terms there's you know only more seasons to come and luckily salmon's one of the fisheries that has been holding strong and reliable over the years especially with the declines we're seeing and you know most of the declines seem to be coming from the inlet seems like bristol bays you know very strong the sounds a lot of hatchery fish so you can always pretty much account for that unless a you know big humpback comes up and scoops them as they <laughs> as they bump them in which is a big l but uh <laughs> does happen <laughs> um, but no so it's just you know it's awesome awesome seeing where you've gotten to and in the time frame that you've gotten to and just the amount of responsibility that you've been willing to, you know, take over. There's, you know, you saw it firsthand, the amount of people that, you know, second guessed your opinions because they're like, Oh, you could have made you know, X amount if you would have just, you know, fished yeah. for us for another season or this yeah. and that. And, but you know, it's also coming from, people who aren't boat owners right now and at the end of the day like you know you know the vision and the path you want to go down and there's going to be lean years and you've got to take jumps and like you know paul gave you some great advice when you were asking him you know do you think this is the right decision do you think i'm making the right decisions like do you think i knew if i was making the right decisions when i was doing x y or z like sometimes you just gotta take that jump and trust yourself trust your own capabilities and you know, you can, worst case, worst, file title 11 and <laughs> start over. I don't know. How I kind of see last year is if I could be successful and do it with what I was given last year, it's who knows up. what I can do when everything lines up. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's only up from here, you yeah. know. You're only going to get more experience. You're only going to get more comfortable. You're only going to get more capable equipment. Like, 
Yeah. You know, it all, it all has to start somewhere. Like yeah. it doesn't, you know, you can't flip a switch and be a millionaire overnight. It'd be yeah. cool, but it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be really cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I haven't tried that way out yet. We can, we can yeah. give her a go for her. <laughs> this other way kind of sucks sometimes, but yeah. hey, it is what it is. But uh, now I'll pass it over to one of your crew members uh, to give the real scoop on uh, how last year went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got the fluffy stuff. <laughs> so you, br- uh, you briefly touched on how you kind of how you started with the boat, but kind of give a time frame of how it all played out, how you like when you ended up on the boat, kind of what your role on board was, and uh, just kind of an overall, uh, uh, you know, thirty thousand foot view on how the season went and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it was good. So I got back from, oh, I was out past ADAC on a little island called Tanaga um, doing a cleanup for um, the FAA. We are cleaning up an old military base, and we got I got done doing that project and uh, came back, had a little time off, and had my little falling out with my previous company I was working with, and just we weren't seeing eye to eye. So uh, I moved on, and, and uh, it happened to be the perfect timing. I was driving to the boatyard, and there Vinny was sitting there tearing apart the the old Labrador, and he's sitting there grinding away on a fiberglass patch. I was like, oh, I'm going to go see what's going on. So I went up and talked to him, and like, oh, you bought your boat? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he got his boat, and oh, well, that's awesome. And he had two guys there working for him, and and uh, I was like, well, sweet. I'm like, I'm free now. I don't have anything going on for the summer. What are you doing? He's like, well, you want to come fish with me? And I was like, all right, that sounds like fun. So, um, yeah, I was like, why not? You know, something fun to go do, and it's cool to go see him on his first year. And uh, help them kind of run things because definitely some times where we needed it. Like, <laughs> it was it was some interesting stuff. And the other two guys were great, but um, yeah, they needed a lot of help. So, um. <laughs> oh, that's something. The ocean, like no matter what your capabilities on land are, like the second you get on a boat, everything changes because your totally. workspace shrinks drastically. Your spaces you get to work in shrink drastically. Your problems, in, you know, increase exponentially. Like Can't everything. drive to the store. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to ration food, big yeah. bummer. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know, it was like, it was a little bit too, because I was like, Vincent's got enough on his plate just trying to catch fish. I'm going to try and make it easy to where I could focus on taking care of the rest of the boat and kind of managing the crew because... You know, we had a 16-year-old kid who, you know, he was he was great. He just had never fished before and never been. He was kind of plucked from mama's tit and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't know how to clean or cook or do anything. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, a little bit of yelling, a little bit of, you know, trying to tell people what to do. But, and, you know, that's what you got to do to kind of keep track of everybody. But uh, it worked good, you know. It was fun. And we had a killer season. I think I last, you know, I was happy if we were going to catch 300,000 pounds. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. We're coming in late. Like, we got a month or two if we're lucky to fish. And shit, I'm here to have fun. Fucking so full can, send it, and that's yeah, all you can. Yeah. Exactly. If we can make some money and have a blast, why not? Yeah, right? try and break <laughs> as little shit as possible. <laughs> try and break as little, don't get hurt. Everybody make some money, and we all got to go home at the day, end of the day and have some fun. So, that's right. Break, yeah. yeah. Speaking of breaking stuff, what were um, some of the hiccups that you came across through the season? get get through pretty pretty clean or what was the what was the damage come the end of the season um well when we actually like finished it wasn't terrible there's like there's definitely two things that stand out (laughs) (laughs) and one of them was i don't know the the wiring system was a little little iffy in some areas on the boat and one day when we were fishing 
I like filled my boat my first two sets and like driving to the tender. Like, I don't know. I'm like probably doing like eight knots. <laughs> you're, you're feeling <laughs> you know? yourself. Oh. Yeah. Freaking loaded down. I got fish on deck. And like as we're getting up to the tender, I like look at my garment and it like shows the volt on it. And I'm like, oh, nine volts. And I freaking <laughs> go to like pull it, throttle back and my throttle and my uh, like steering is all electronic and my batteries die like at that. At second that so I like, i'm like going on i'm like oh shit and i freaking bam hit the tender <laughs> put a big ding in it and freaking go ripping by and he's like what are you doing i was like i don't know <laughs> and i'm like just like basically hit him and peel off <laughs> you're doing a hit and run on the yeah, poor guy good. and uh i don't know so we had to deal with that that took like two hours of the day trying to freaking like unhook things and then rehook it back up just to get it to work so everything would charge and stay charged and when there's a solenoid that wouldn't open that was supposed to be opening but i don't know we got past it we figured it out um the first day of the net was kind of frust- very frustrating because of the way i was taught how to load fish on your boat just didn't really work for this boat so I had to get a different system, and then I don't know. Yeah, just oh, I forgot out we got parts. it in the wheel. So oh yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was like on our on our biggest set of the year. Luckily, it was the day that we were on a limit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were closing, and then like as I turned around because I was like, you know, we make a circle, and then we close the circle, and as we're like closing the circle, I'm like, oh, I'm getting kind of far up on this end, and I turn around, and the skiff's like on the opposite side of the boat. And the net's, like, going completely, like, underneath the boat into my prop. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it went was... in there, and then <laughs> we still caught most of our fish. I think we lost, lost a lot of them. But, I don't know. That'll happen. Yeah. We'll learn. It didn't really... Live and learn. Yeah. Exactly. It didn't well, really matter that day, so... No, not too much. But we definitely had to get our skip man some shit. We, yeah. We had to do the tove tove shame all yeah. the way back to we the made, We made it across the freaking... <laughs> everybody yeah it was pretty good and then we got her like we got all picked up off of the travel lift and there's like another five thousand pounds just hanging out under the boat i was a little disappointed Mm. in that but (laughs) like damn it it would have been real nice but it didn't matter anyways it's all right gotta have one of those every once in a while yeah Yeah, exactly can't i was telling sean we got the got the skiff running took it out on the bay and stuff and you know trying to get him all comfortable running the boat and stuff and i was telling him i was like man you know the ocean will humble you like you know the it'll (laughs) it'll find a way even on the nicest days and you know we pull into the harbor we went and tested the boat out ran great went cruised some beaches kind of just relaxed had a beer and made it all the way back to the harbor and decided to stop by our big boat to steal some uh critical uh safety equipment that makes us legal because uh the noah fish cop was hanging out at the fish ramp or at the uh loading ramp checking everybody and we set sail with uh not our uh, required equipment so wanted to make sure we were legal for uh the return we were semi semi required oh yeah we were missing a fire we had some shit. like come on we were safe when's the last time you used it on the boat um but uh <laughs> But anyway, you should always <laughs> uh, always have all your uh, equipment on board. Uh, do as we say, not as we do, as we like to say here. Uh, but decided to pull up, uh, you know, chewed the fat with the crew. They were tying or untying the next day to leave for our first black bear season or black bear hunt of the season. 
we're sitting there bullshitting for probably 30 minutes and decided to, we're like, all right, we, we should go load this thing up, call it a night. Uh, went to hop into the skiff, and uh, skiff was about quarter full of water and gaining, um, and, you know, scrambled to try and figure that out, uh, simple as a $1 plug that had uh, found its way to the bottom of the ocean. And uh, boats are boats are super nice and dandy, but uh, when you got a hole in them, uh, they, they don't tend to work super awesome. So uh, scrambled to fix that whole ordeal, but... Kind of the whole moral to that was, you know, it'll it'll find a way. She'll she always wins at the end of the day, one way or another. It's not a if, it's a when, and you just never know. So, no, you know, net in the prop here and there, exactly good, good, you know, ash chewing and walk of shame. Eh. Does good for a young, young heart, you know, oh, <laughs> young <totally>. heart and mind. <laughs> yep. It'll humble you, that's for sure. Oh yeah, because I mean, we've all been in situations where we, you know, probably would have liked to not be, uh, you know, yeah. one way or another, whether it's seas or equipment failure or the combination of both. It's usually about when it all goes down, but but no, it's good to hear that you know, season went pretty smooth. You know, I remember you. You know, message me when y'all put the you know net in the wheel. Had to pull the boat for the day and whatnot. But sounds like y'all were able to get that hemmed up pretty quick and back on the water and fishing. And um, and so after that, y'all were pretty much bare bones in it with just a few openers here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was open. I don't know, like twice a week, maybe. Normally, it's at least every other day or open two days and then closed for a day. But I don't know. At the end, there was like a ten day gap between the last two openers. Pretty yeah. sure. It was a long time. We came home for a bit, yeah. and it was just like nothing was going on. Mm. Yeah. But we needed that because <laughs> the third to last opener, we were oh. making our last set, and I hadn't changed with the oil in the, boat for a, in, the bio, in the boat for a while. And I could, you know, smell the oil. I was like, oh, well, we're planning on doing that, changing it anyways, after this closure. And... Finish the set, and like as we're like hauling gear, like finishing up, I'm like, man, that is really freaking strong. (laughs) (laughs) Open the door, and there's smoke, of course. You know, I freaking rip the hatch off, and it's like completely full of smoke in the engine room, and freaking comes wibbling out. Freaking eyes burn. I'm like, just trying to figure out what's going on, making sure nothing's on fire. But um, the coolant line had popped off Ooh. and it dumped all the coolant out and it didn't have a Murphy switch or an alarm on it, so I didn't hear it, that it was overheating. And it got very hot and pretty much boiled all the oil and it was smoking inside of itself. It was too hot. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. Hot. We'll yeah. Put it on the block was 300 degrees. Oh, the block was in the tur- oil pan was like 350. It was, it was bad. It was real it was bad. bad. I was like, it, oh, it was man. Like smoke your gaskets yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it did. It melted. Yep. Melted the, all the O-rings on the coolant line. Holy yeah. fuck. Yep. Turned a white motor into a big turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marshmallow. Uh, You're just uh, breaking her in. Yeah. <laughs> she just it's, a lugger. It <laughs> yeah. it's a lugger. It's a lugger. No, it'll be fine. We're going to get it all checked out. Uh, and then... Yeah, so we had 10 days off after that. My buddy towed me into town again. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we went in to go find some O-rings for the coolant system. And the first three places we went to didn't have any. And then we found, like, six, and we needed 12. So then we went to another place, and they had two. And then we went back to the original place because that was, like, we were pretty much out of options at that point. And they ordered us... Or we, we had 
some gaskets shipped overnight from Seattle, and then we got them the next day, and they were the wrong gaskets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Rip that then, sixty dollars yeah. shipping yeah. charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then we went through it again, and finally got them. And then I don't know. It was like the fifth or sixth day of the closure. We finally like got everything put back together. Bryce did a really good job taking stuff apart, wire wheeling it, and cleaning it all up, repainting stuff, and yeah, put it back together and. I think we fished two two more days. Yeah, we did two after more after that. Yeah. yeah, and everything seems to be fine. So, I don't know, <laughs> fingers crossed them. for this year. <laughs> 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 Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing bad's happened yet. So, oh yeah, that's but, always spooky. That's yeah. well, you know inheriting a boat because yeah. exactly yeah. it's hard to you know you can't go through everything with a fine tooth comb. You'd love mm, to, but yeah. you know time is money and yeah. can't do everything and not knowing that there's a you know not an alarm hooked up yeah. or you know don't got a kill switch for it. It's like well, yeah. shit happens. <laughs> well, I started yeah. so late last year that like today last year I didn't even have the offer or wasn't even like in my head yet to be buying a boat. Well, so. you wanted to buy a gillnetter last I was year. This buy time. A gill netter. I was going to buy it. You're all in the truth to buy a gillnetter through the state. And states, if any of you guys want to get into commercial fishing, the state of Alaska, if you're a resident, is probably the way to go. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's great if you go through a cannery, but they like to put your thumb down or their thumb down on you sometimes. So, yeah, I don't so- know. The state has an amazing program for if you're a resident. They're awesome. Yeah. What's the stipulation? Like, I've always wondered that since you went through a because you ended up going through a cannery to finance everything yeah. right yeah. so i'm assuming you can only deliver to that yeah. processor to that one processor and is that for the life of the boat or is that until the notes paid up and then like what what's their stipulations with that type of stuff if you can disclose that if you owe them money you have to give it to them yeah so so, but once you're once you're paid off, everything's clear. Yeah. They don't. They're not hovering over you. Mm-hmm. You get a little more, little more leeway. You're able to do some more things. You can yeah. kind of fish around. Yeah, you can be a little slut. Yeah, yeah, you can deliver to whoever you want. Then, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the boat goes. It's, the boat's yours after that. It's just like getting a loan from a bank, except for it's a little more personal. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like Vincent had fished for a long time for with the Cabanas, and and they knew who he was, and. And the cabanas are well known with Trident, and yeah. And then they're like, "All right, we'll give them a loan." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and who wouldn't? I mean, I would give them a loan too. So right, we'll get this bleach blonde baby face <laughs> fucker. <laughs> I think he graduated high school. He'll be good. You want a loan? Yeah, baby? They don't even check anything like that. Like, they have no idea. <laughs> well, they sign the dotted a, line, motherfucker. Yeah, I'll sign your <laughs> life away. Literally, all they do is make sure that you don't owe a bunch of money in taxes and that you have sufficient funds in your bank account. That's pretty much all they do. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's way easier good. than getting a home loan. Yeah, yeah. probably. Probably, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Hey, especially if you go through Trident. Like, if you're going through directly through them, it yeah, I, you get a nice little packet. It re- like yeah. the whole process of like buying the boat really only took like two weeks, I think. Wow, yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're well known through the company, and yeah. you know, I'm sure you fish for them for through other seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Especially if you fish with the cabanas and you know and that 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 uh, group, and then you want to go get a boat eventually. Like, yeah, 
word. They have they're well known throughout Trident. It's mafia. Yeah, they're they're great people. We all love yeah. them here, but yeah, they're, they're a great family. They're kind of the, they're the same together. <laughs> they're very good. They're very salmon good at what mafia. they do. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the salmon, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. No, I don't. I don't want a cabana kicking in the door while we're talking. So I'll, I'll dial it back. They can afford better lawyers than I can. No, they're great people. They're some fish killing son of bitches. I'll tell you what. They're they're good at what they do, and I mean they've. Well, they carry a high name, and anybody that works on their boats, you know, they don't they don't settle for mediocrity. So you know. You somehow yeah. managed to find your way on there and uh, rode that gravy train till you were able to able to do your own thing. And now well, it's pretty easy when you grow up and your best friends, one of their kids, <laughs> yeah. that does help. Seems to work out pretty well. Part yeah. of the familia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> we run the trash in the town. You see, we pay the bills. We keep everybody safe. Oh, well. yeah! It's one of those places where you just show up, you just know what time's dinner at, and you just walk in the door and sit down. You, know? you don't, you don't even have to ask or anything. You're just like, All right, I'm home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm staying the night too. <laughs> no, have you felt come? Uh, I know, per like, I know you as an individual. You're very, you know, you don't settle for mediocrity. Like you strive for excellence. In everything you do. Do you find yourself like kind of? chasing numbers or comparing numbers i know it's hard because you you know you're literally all i do (laughs) (laughs) all i do is compare myself to other things and what else is going on it's i mean because like you kind of have to you know you have to know what you're like against and what i don't know people say don't compare yourself to somebody but if you're going to be competitive you have to know what's going on so how are you going to know where you should really be if you don't know where everybody else is at. So I don't know. I think that's kind of a bullshit thing that like, you know, but I, yeah, no. And that's, yes, a, I think I that's look a, at a lot of numbers. I have a lot of goals. <laughs> it was kind of a loaded upset. question. <laughs> yeah. You just can't dog yourself on the way there. Yeah. That's the yeah, hard part. Exactly. You can't dog yourself down on the way to the end goal. Everything's a lesson. Sometimes when you're running, you fall. So just nope. make sure you get back up, run a little bit harder. Nope. And I think that's a good way you put it. Cause like, you know, like, you mentioned a lot of people exactly don't compare yourself. You're a different, you know, it's kind of, you know, that participation trophy mentality where yeah. it's like, you just do, do your best. You'll be fine. And like, to some extent, sure. But like as a business owner, as a boat owner, you're responsible for Bryce's paycheck. You're responsible mm-hmm. for everybody else's paycheck yeah. on the boat. Like if you're not holding yourself to a certain standard and it's one thing to go, all right, this boat caught, you know, a million pounds on the season. I caught seven fifty. Woe is me. I don't know why I yeah. should be a cat. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between that and going. All right, where's the difference? It, you know, is it the equipment? Is it the way I'm fishing? Is it you know when you're able to compartmentalize that information and keep it away from emotion, and then you're able to just act on whatever that raw information is. You know, I'm the same way. Like when I was going through the home buying process and looking at my house and looking at potential homes to buy and stuff like that, it's all, you know, it's all analytics. It's all numbers. So, you know, this is what I can do. This is what I know I can do. These are my options. What's my best option? What's my best way to go about it? And that same way, you know, it's, you can't compare yourself and your boat to a max size saner with a 25 foot beam that, you know, can, 
their deck holds more than your fish holds hold. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's apples and oranges. It's not yeah, the same yeah. shit. Definitely. But understanding that it's like, all right, this is they had a banner year. They did X number. We did X number operating at you know this is our you know this is our max capacity even on our best year ever we might only hit a million where they might hit you know 1.7 or two or two and a half but knowing that in in relation and in you know in comparison to what your you know what you and your equipment are capable of you know it gives you a good idea of what you should be fishing at it's like all right today you know, we underperformed. We should have, you know, we should have been able to make two more sets, but we were slow rolling the bag or we, you know, threw the net in the fucking prop halfway through the day and had to haul the boat out. And you're able to kind of pick that shit apart. And I think that's what, you know, separates good captains from great captains, people who are okay with paying the bills and sending their crew home with what they're getting. And the people that are, you know, up at night thinking about how they could have caught three more fish when in the grand scheme of things, like, would it have made a difference? Maybe not that day, but in the long term, exactly, exactly. Well, even even more on that, like to people, uh, especially if you want to be a crew on a commercial fishing boat, the crew also needs to have that same mindset because it's not only on the captain to make money for everybody because the harder the crew works, the more money we're all going to make. And a lot of people forget that. They think, oh, as long as the captain does everything, we'll just, we're just going to make money no matter what. And they don't understand, like, the quicker you can be, the faster you can be, like, the more on tune you can be. And, like, getting your job down well and working hard, the more money we're all going to make. Because he can only do so much. The captain can only do so much. Because it's all about being a team and being a team player. And if you're not going to be a team player and you got a shitty attitude or this and that, then... It's not going to work. Like, no. no, and especially, I mean, that goes for any occupation, but especially on a boat because at the end of the day, you got to sleep with that motherfucker's toes touching your toes. Like, exactly. you know, and if he drug, you know, drug ass all day and you've been busting your butt, you're, you know, you're driven, you're wanting, you know, you're wanting to exceed and you're wanting to do whether it's 5% better, 10%, whatever it is, like you're striving for that and the other person's just all right with mediocrity. That might be fine for a week, two weeks, come three and a half months into the season when you've been sniffing each other's farts every night for the last, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you might, you're going to break at some point. You oh, know definitely. what I mean? <laughs> like, it just, and I th- that's one thing I really like about the, like the maritime industry in general. Like it weeds out a lot of soft people really quick. Cause yep. one, the work's demanding. The hours are demanding. Everything about it's demanding. It's one of the, like your office is the most beautiful place in the world. In my opinion, coastal Alaska is the tits. Um, but there's a lot of downside to it and people just can't take it. I mean, it was a running joke for forever back when, you know, the TV show Deadliest Sketch was big, you know, every season, the green, the green horn was the, you know, the scapegoat of every joke, you know, it was, they were the one continuously getting bagged on and it's for a reason, you know, yep. you get somebody from, you know, the flatlands of the U S or even another Alaskan, somebody just hasn't been in that industry. It's. It puts a lot of, you know, a lot of other industries to shame for just the, you know, demand and everything that it requires. And if you're not all on the same page, all firing on all cylinders, one, it's dangerous. And two, you're going to underperform. And like you said, if you've got a crew of four or however many people you're running on a boat all on the same page, you can accomplish so much more. So much more. Yeah. That's huge. Like, it's all about attitude. And, uh, yeah, you got to bring your A game because if you don't, then, one, you're going to piss off the rest of the crew. Two, 
you're not going to make any money. And then three, you're probably not going to come back. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of the last true gold rushes in the world, in my opinion. The yep. salmon fisheries in Alaska. It's one of the last few places where you can go work three months out of the year, make a year's living and then some, and have, you know, nine months to fuck off. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's not not made for everybody. And even the people, you you know, you have a lineup of 10 people, be like, this guy would be a great fisherman. Never, You never know who that individual is going to be because it takes a special type of psychopath to, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to be able to do the damn thing. But, no, craziness. Yeah. Definitely. But, so, uh, yeah, I want to hear about your guys' uh, your guys's new ventures and. <laughs> well, for me personally, yeah. I shifted big gears. Uh, mm-hmm. I was doing my guiding thing. Absolutely loved it. Wish I could still be doing it to some capacity, uh, but just the way family life, everything, I felt like I was starting to ne- neglect. You know, personal friendships, family friendships, just all kinds of stuff. And a good opportunity came open uh, for the city of Homer. Sean had been trying to get me to jump ship and go that way for some time now, bragging every uh, three-day weekend that he has, which is uh, every weekend. Uh, (laughs) So that shit gets real annoying when you're working uh, every weekend, and he's not. And that's the person you go do most of your shit with. Uh, So finally, kind of, I don't even, it wasn't. Even like there was a straw that broke that made me change it. I just, I, cause I'm a glass half full guy. Like I could see the upside to everything. And I do have a, uh, you know, a plan for the next five, seven years of starting my own thing. And hopefully in the near time, you know, time frame than that. Um, and this job would give me the opportunity for it, gives me the stability. Now I have, you know, health insurance, all that type of stuff, which I didn't have prior. Uh, and I mean, that, goes a long way for me. I mean, I've had six surgeries already I was gonna at the right, say, the, the right age. Needs it, you're <laughs> sure. exactly. homies accident prone. <laughs> and trust me, every time I had, you know, 100 plus pounds on my back, rucking through the mountains, I was like, you know, if I blow another knee out right now, like, not only am I done making money for the year, I'm also laid up for the next six months. And that hospital bill is going to be like 70 grand. <laughs> I was and like, you could die. And yeah, could that, die. that too. Yeah. <laughs> die part. Yeah. Blown out knee eight miles back in the woods in Alaska where fucking your only, only help is hopefully a bush plane can land within three miles of you. Yeah. And yeah. then what? Like, our you can pilot- press your SOS button so much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that helicopter better be big. Cause, uh, <laughs> no. So it was just, I don't know. It, it bummed me out bowing out of that little chapter but i still have plans to continue with that you know to some capacity as we move forward as i kind of gain some more leverage in my current current job and uh just get you know get established with that start accruing some pto and some comp overtime stuff to where it'll give me the opportunity to go do you know go guide a couple hunts in the year and still be able to do a couple of my own hunts and still work towards getting my guides license um but just kind of the way life works this was this was the best opportunity for me at the time plus I'm kind of a doom and gloomer when it comes to the current economy and seeing all that you know foreshadowing coming up and you know the kind of I don't even want to say the the rumors of a recession it's here and it's going to be here it's just nobody wants to accept it and uh, the of what scale it's going to be in the the hunting industry it'll always be there but it's definitely a 
you know, kind of a rich man's game to play. And when money starts to dry up, the first thing to go is kind of the amenities of life. And a a $60,000 sheep hunt kind of gets more expensive when all of a sudden your stock's dropping half and shit like that. So I was like, yeah. Well, right now might not be the worst time to kind of shift gears and whatnot, but it's definitely still on my still on my game plan to continue towards that. But I'm loving my current go- job and plan on sticking it out for you know until I'm vested for sure and continuing through that unless anything drastic changes. But that's that's it for me in the work world. And other than that, got to do some badass hunting this fall doing my you know working with the outfitter that i was working with got to do some kick-ass trips we got to be a part of a brown bear kill uh two moose kills uh let's see what all did i i packed out three moose two and a half moose uh multiple caribou brown bear got to see a ton of awesome game I mean, last year alone, I got to spend over 100 days in the field, which was awesome, starting with the ADAC trip that I took with Vince and then rolled into our spring bear season, got to run our boat for a full trip, went 100, you know, 100% on that, six for six on bears and, you know, ice chest full of fish. Um, then rolled into, you know, our summer stuff, which was just kind of, you know, normal summer Alaska shit, fish when you can and work every day that you're not. Yep. Um, then rolled into fall. We did a little bit of moose hunting, not a ton because I was gone. Um, got to do some with Sam for her cow tag, which was kick-ass. She was successful on that, so got to help butcher butcher her moose and process that with Sam and Sean and then just kind of rolled into the winter and, I was pretty much unemployed for that stretch, just kind of working on miscellaneous house projects and personal shit that I'd put on the back burner from working seven days a week and then immediately flying into the bush for 70 days. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a good year in the last year and just a lot of stuff on the horizon now, especially now with this new gig, gives me a ton of time off and an actual schedule. That was the biggest downside of working for family. You're just kind of... You know, it sounds bad, but you're kind of a slave to the business, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Great thing for the business, horrible thing for personal work-life balance. Um, But that's no fault of anybody other than the way the world is. And, you know, life's kind of a bitch sometimes. But but it is nice to have some structure and definitely planning a bunch of trips. We've, you know, your stepdad and, you know, Jordan's dad, you know, kind enough to pretty much give us his skiff. Um, as long as we work on it, which is cool with me, I'm good at working on things or at least good at finding people that are good at working on things <laughs> that also want to use a boat. <laughs> Sean's good at working on things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sean does good work. <laughs> Sean does real good work. The electrical on that thing, skookum. <laughs> Top notch. We put bus bars and shit on that thing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but no, for, I mean, that was pretty much my year in a nutshell, but mainly just looking towards the rest of this year, you know, Winter's finally over. We got the boat in the water, you know, this week and planning, you know, we got a big hiking trip planned for this summer. We got multiple bear trips planned. We're just, you know, chewing the fat on potential moose uh, camp this year and stuff. So all that's still coming down the pipeline, but it's looking to be a good one. I'm I'm excited. I can finally actually pencil shit out on the calendar and make it happen. So I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah. About you, Sean. This is year two with the big city. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most amazing job by any means. You know, you don't get to go hike out and spend the night in the woods or live on a boat for three, four months at a time. 
but it pays the bills and I get to go do whatever the fuck I want. Three yeah. day weekends, PTO, you name it. It's the best part. And go hike. We get pencil out a trip and go. Go do it. Not have to worry about a paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah. That's it's nice. still gonna cover in, cover bills, pay for all my hiking gear and shit, fishing gear, you name it. And that's pretty much what I wanted, you know. I spent my whole life fucking working for my dad and doing bullshit all the time and it's the first time in my life where I didn't have to work every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. There's a so. lot to be said for that, definitely. There's some nice comforts to it. It's not glamorous by any means. No, but the but the reciprocal of it is glamorous. Yeah. So, you know, having to work those not-so-great job, but the other side of it, having those three-day weekends and being able to plan stuff out and have a schedule and know what's going to happen and know you're going to have money sitting in your bank account and you can go grab all the gear you need and have time to go do some awesome hunts and great fishing and hiking, and that's pretty cool. That's the best part. That's all I want to do. Yeah. That's all I want to do, and that gives me the opportunity to go do it. Yeah, and that's the key. Like, what i found is, is sometimes it's better to work a job that you don't really care for so much, but in the end it's going to make you a decent amount of money and you're able to live comfortably and have a good lifestyle than, you know, do something that you maybe like but make zero, like, hardly any money at all, but then always have to be working and then never be able to have any fun because you got to be able to enjoy your life. Like. Yep. It's short. You never know what's going to happen. I always say you either got to find something that you, you know, like truly love and are willing to do whatever it takes to do or find the job that allows you to do that aspect of your life outside of life. Like I've been talking to Jordan lately because she's kind of in between what she wants to do long term. I was like, if you don't have like a career field or a position that you will, you know, you're willing to give your life away for just find a job that lets you do what you want to do, whatever that is. Like find something that either gives you tons of time off or, you know, pays you incredibly well. Like, you know, you can either make your job your life, which is totally fine if you love it. Like, you know, in the situation you're in, you've, you know, you've talked about commercial fishing ever since I known you and for sure before that. And that's been your world. And now you're living that. And the other bonus to that is it's a seasonal gig, so you still get a lot of time off. You get a lot of headache when you got to go work on the boat in the middle of the winter when X, Y, or Z happens. But, you know, you get, you know, if you're willing to dedicate your life to it, you don't hate it, and it'll, you know, you reap the benefits of that. Or you can go a different route, and, you know, hopefully you don't hate your job, but as long as you can tolerate it and it gives you the opportunity to do the things you love or enjoy or whatever it may be, you know, those are your two options. If you're stuck in between, find one of the sides. Because yeah. if you're stuck in between, you don't want to be there too long. Because that's how you, you ruin your life. Like I'm sorry. Like I don't. You just. Yeah. You spend thirty years doing something that kind of sucks and kind of doesn't give you anything to look forward to. Yeah, and you don't get to do anything you really love to do, enjoy, and you know Vincent's lucky because he. Doing what he loves to do, and and uh, well, I was actually just gonna say, Oh, come on, I know my life sounds like just a dreamy cake clock, but, <laughs> but when you're not good enough yet to do the thing that you really truly love to do, so you get to fish all winter and get no time off, <laughs> do at true. the same time, just so you can go work and at least enjoy your work for three months of the year, that's not fun. That's I'm in that, that between right now, but I know that if I just keep putting my head down for a little bit longer, I will have that dreamy cakewalk life. Fuck oh, yeah. What's oh, the, the grind? Out. And that's so part the of yeah. That's the grind. 
definitely. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Like, you can't flip the switch and be a you know overnight millionaire. We'd all love to. You got to start somewhere, and it we talk about it all the time because the city's kind of the same thing. It's all about longevity in the system. Think about yourself in fifteen years. You'll be barely middle age. You'll be forty years old, but you'll have been a boat owner for the majority of your life at that point and you'll have that shit so well oiled and so you'll know you know the fisheries your vessels inside and out and you're barely starting you know a lot of people don't consider their you know life until 35 40 because that's when they can start doing things mm-hmm. and by then I mean, you do it right, you'll be freaking either full-time retired or at least half-ass retired, yeah. you know, just grinding through your summers, maintaining your boats, and then the rest of the year is about making sure that money stays in the account till the next cycle and don't spend it too fast. Yeah. <laughs> but. You don't want to get stuck in that one spot where I like to say everything is relative. So, like, let's say when I was a deckhand, everything to go fishing cost $100. Now that I have a boat, everything costs a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars, but I feel the same way about that money. Like the hundred dollars still feels the same as like a a thousand to ten thousand. And hopefully I get to the point where when I I don't know, maybe it would be kinda cool. I don't really (laughs) I don't care. I do it because I love killing fish and if you have bigger, nicer, more expensive things, you're probably gonna kill more fish. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You want the Um, I don't know. I'm I know I one thing I Really, honestly, believe that like if you really love doing something, like it doesn't really change that much. If I get to the point where maybe the ten thousand is like a hundred thousand, I know I'm going to feel the same way. And that's kind of hard to find. The when do you stop grinding? When do you get satisfied? Yeah, you never will be. Do you? I was like, look at every. Older male, you know, and they could have retired three times over, but for some reason they do the job of somebody you could probably pay 18 bucks an hour to do is not ruin your knees. (laughs) Well, the thing is, too, is then when you retire, what do you do? Sit in front of the TV? Like, come on now. By the time you actually maybe are able to retire, then you're always so broke from your regular job that physically you can't do much. And so now you're like... Limited to like what bird watching and like freaking, <laughs> freaking yeah. sitting in front of the TV, or maybe if you're lucky, you can go out into your shop and go like reload some ammo and make some fishing weights. Make a podcast. <laughs> you calling me old, motherfucker? <laughs> old man tendencies. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It's like no, and there's there's some words to be said about that. I mean, they. You know, there's always a running joke. It's like the U.S. retirement age is 65 and the life expectancy is like 70. You yeah. know, you retire and, yeah, you sit around and die. That's kind Pretty of the way it, it goes. Work all your life to freaking die. I think mean, literally not even enjoy it. So the key is to, like, enjoy it now when you can. And uh, Yep, exactly. Do it Do it within, a you know, a moderate realm to where you're yep. not – you know, you're not living paycheck to paycheck, which there's nothing wrong with that because I'm currently doing that and that shit sucks, but I'm still having a damn good time. That's the key. The key <laughs> is enjoying it. Exactly. Gotta enjoy the life. <laughs> and finding something that's, you know, stable, reliable, but mm-hmm. lets you, because exactly, I'm a firm believer in that as well. You know, I've seen a lot of short lives in my, you know, in my time. We all have. We've, you know, we know how life works to an extent. You know, none of us have kids yet. Uh, we think. Um, and yeah. We hope. <laughs> no. Maybe not in this country. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Other country, possibly. <laughs> but just, you know, take it, doing what you can while you can do it while, like, you don't have kids. Where, because, you know, the second we all have kids, 
we're going to devote our lives to those things. You know, we, we say this, that, and the other now, but I'm sure, you know, everybody seems to do it except for there's some deadbeats out there that will just pop them out. They're like, ah, no big deal. But, uh, <laughs> That's another one. Nick Cannon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, being able to do the amazing things, that's what I loved about the maritime industry up here. Even if you're working, you get to see some incredible places, whether it's Prince William Sound, the Aleutian Chain, Kodiak, anywhere in a lot. Like, so much. Like, when you were down squid fishing in California this year and y'all got a shark wrapped up in y'all saying and released it and everything was kosher all you know of fans out there everything was good legit uh but cr- most people never see that animal ever oh, yeah. in their life no. and y'all caught one that yeah. was bad. one of the craziest things that like i've ever seen in my life yeah like, or or like when uh kyle got his ass kicked by a dolphin <laughs> Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was. I watched cool. a guy get his ass handed to him, and I watched his tooth fly out of his mouth <laughs> by a dolphin. A dolphin hit like headbutted. <laughs> dolphin kicked his ass. That was down in California too. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy shit happens there. Yeah, <laughs> wild. But yeah, you get to, you just see so much stuff, and it's just a wild, wild industry. Yeah. Like yeah. it's hard to put into words. No, last yeah. year was definitely the best year of my life. For sure. I mean, like literally every day it would be. Raining and blowing and like, just like really normally I'd be like just completely down in the dumps about what I'm doing. Like when I was a deckhand, like I'd just be like upset. But last summer, like it was the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, like just truly, genuinely happy. He'd be up there. He'd be up there on the flying bridge, and he's just pissing rain and blowing sideways, and he's just. Looking for fish. Yeah. Like hanging out. You, We're I got, all like down there like, fuck this. I'm not coming out of the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make a set. I got to the point where I didn't dr- dress to like be dry. I just dressed to like get wet and be warm, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it takes. I mean, it, I, I just love hearing that because it just takes me back to time sitting in y'all's downstairs bedroom yeah. bullshit and talking about dreams. And Watching it was YouTube same. videos. Exactly. It was Vinny going... I don't care what the fuck anybody else does. I'm going to catch more fish. I'm going to fish yeah. longer. I'm going to be in the worst weather and stuff like that. That's that's your happy spot. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, and I like to, you know, say that I was doing the same thing when I was in the woods, you know, 160 plus pounds on your back, taking, you know, walking 100 feet before you have to sit down. This fucking sucks. Like, yeah. not a good time. Couldn't have been happier. No, I was exactly, like, yeah. I'm in the most beautiful place. I'm doing what awe, I want to do. Like, exactly. And it's... Yeah. You know, so many people get caught up in the, oh, this sucks right now, but don't want to take a 30,000-foot view and be like, oh. hey, you're in one of the craziest places in the world doing one of the craziest things yeah. you could possibly do, and you're doing the damn thing. Like, it, you're done. You won the game. Like, yeah. you did what you wanted to do, and now you just get to ride that wave out, and there's going to be bumps along the way. You're going to hit shit. You're going to fucking break shit. You're going <laughs> to be broke you're gonna be rich you're gonna there's gonna be you know highs and lows but at the end of the day like you know hopefully in 20 years we can sit down and have this conversation and you're still as down to sit pissing rain blowing wind Mm -hmm. and just smiling ear to ear because that's at the end of the day that's what we all set out for and it's easy to get caught up in the chasing the bigger nicer better this that and the other but 
This is yeah. this is what we wanted to do. This is what you know we set out to do. Whatever it be, and if you get to that point, just never forget. Never forget little you. You yeah. know, yeah. do it for him or her. <laughs> you know, definitely. It was kind of cool when I was uh, down in California doing crab after squid. Um, our my senior year language arts teacher made us write a letter to ourselves that she was going to send to us. I don't know, I guess five years. Huh? <laughs> yeah, math hard, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, five years out of high school, and I got the letter, and I, like, read it, and I was like, wow, I'm exact, pretty much exactly, if not a little ahead of where I was hoping I was going to be. So little me was super proud. No, that. <laughs> that, That's hilarious that you brought that up because I got some mail. It was right after we'd bought in the house, or right before, it was something like, it was right before we bought the house, and we were in the process of looking for the house. I got that. Same, same letter, yeah. and I was reading through it, and I was just sitting in the bed at night reading it, reading slow as fuck as I do, uh, and Jordan was like, what are you reading? Because I was just smiling and giggling yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> said, what are you doing? I was like, I'll let you read it when I'm done, but the same thing, it was, you know, list your five, you know, your one-year goal, your three, you know, whatever yeah. it was, and everything, you know, I checked every box I wanted, and the only one that I hadn't done was buy a home within five years of graduating high school. And due to COVID, it bumped it another year back, but we were already in the home buying process and all that. And it was just like, I don't know, it was almost like the pat in the back you needed yeah, just to absolutely. be like, hey, you set these goals, you accomplished them. Like, yeah. you're no awesome, matter where dude. you think you are, exactly, you're yeah. accomplishing what you set out to do. And that's all we can do try to do in life and yeah. you know fucking keep checking them off and if you don't check them off get back to them at some point doesn't matter when just get them fucking done yeah yep but so that's enough about your work this last year i want to hear about some of the play because you got you done in the last year quite a bit of shit i'm most jealous of your recent hawaii trip uh that oh, you yeah. took without I me i even thought about uh, that one <laughs> <laughs> So awesome. <laughs> oh, it was pretty good. That was a fun trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all both have some stories to tell from that. So, oh, you know, yeah. Like y'all. Be but, uh, before we do that, uh, I'm going to take a piss. So we'll... And we're back. Sorry about that. Baby bladder over here. Um, but before we left, we were just about to dive into the rest of your amazing year because you're an asshole and the rest of us have to work for a living. No, I'm just kidding. You worked... You worked, you worked more and harder than fucking every person I know last year. You were grinding, but you did get the opportunity to do some fun shit. Um, so kind of just give you go through your whole year, uh, starting from the beginning and talk about some of your personal trips uh, you were able to do. We did our ADAC trip. Yep. We've covered that on the podcast before. Um, but for anybody who hasn't heard, we went out to ADAC Alaska out in the Lucian chain and slaughtered uh, a bunch of cow caribou because um, for residents, it's pretty much open season. Uh, once the season closes for bulls and you're allowed as many cows as you want. And I think we ended with like 16 caribou for <laughs> the trip. Or something. Fucking word. <laughs> it was like 14 or 16, I think. Because we had, what, 12 people That's with us? That's right. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. A lot. I was thinking we had over 20 for some reason. I think I like yeah. deer. Fifty-four of the year. Eight of us or whatever. Like when you guys got like 50-something whenever that year with Baron. Yeah, I was like... 
I don't even know what the fucking number is. Shitload of them. They're just, there's a picture of them. There's just deer in the rigging everywhere. Oh, I've, I've <laughs> seen the picture. It was impressive. Yeah. It's a deer Christmas tree. That's yeah. more th- more deer than most people will ever shoot in their life. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're pretty good at it. They got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's harvesting. Yeah, it's, it's not hunting. It's, it's just yeah. harvesting. It's That's killing. Cool. Killing yeah. and retrieving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. But um, pretty much pick up from there because we've covered that couple times here on the podcast but um so we went out to adac and then after adac was yeah i'm just gonna tell you how my whole year was so new year's do some boat work went crabbing kodiak it was awesome went to adac that was awesome got back from adac i think i was back for like three days and then bryce was down in san diego getting his pilot's license so i was like oh well I don't really have anything going on until Herring. Um, you know, how much longer do you have until you have your license? He's like, like a week more. It's like, oh, might as well go down to Mexico. <laughs> you know, it's like just right across the border. So we fly down there, rented a Corvette, just ripped around San Diego for three days, pretty much. Um, that was awesome. And then we crossed the border, went down south. I think we stayed in Bucarias. Bucarias, right? yeah, like little, right outside of Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, it's a little north of there. And, yeah, just basically hung out, went on a little pongo one day, decided to go with this one company, and I think we caught, we caught some jacked vol and... A sea lion. Oh, yeah, you caught a sea lion. I caught a sea lion. And a pelican. <laughs> and a pelican, yeah. <laughs> That's like the Noah triple trip. slam right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just needed a snowy owl and a bald eagle to make, mm-hmm. <laughs> make it to the fucking <laughs> Yeah. No, that so we good. caught some jacks, and then we caught some other little tunas. I don't really remember what they were called. but And then towards the end of the day, we went and um, fished around this little rock pile. And they weren't biting, but it was still freaking cool. Like, if you love seeing fish and like or just appreciate nature, you know, seeing rooster fish on a reef oh, ripping around. Man. That was so cool. Dude, they're that so is, cool. We casted awesome. at them for, like, hours. Yeah. Like, rooster said, fish are finicky. They're still on my bucket list. I was down in Cabo, and Stanley caught one, landed a decent one. And yeah. then we were trolling back to the harbor, and I hooked into a fucking wall hanger. Nice. And I had a sea lion come up and take it at the no. boat. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. dude, it was the worst. Because I'm, oh. I'm fighting this fish for like 30 minutes get it you know probably 15 feet from the boat but it's at the surface and then the crew starts freaking out and they spoke you know very broken english and stuff but they're just seal 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 and i you know i thought that you know i've been a deckhand for forever you start you looking for the, a gun well and i was like <laughs> i was like oh they're doing the tourist thing like look at the seal that i was like i don't i have my fish that i've wanted to catch since i was three years old on the line and it's a trophy. Like, this is a big-ass rooster fish. I was like, fuck your seal. Don't care about your seal. Um, get it up to the boat about six foot away. You know, they grab the net, come up. It goes screaming off. And then this giant bull sea lion comes up to the surface, you know, took a swipe at it. And I was like, ah, light bulb. That's what they mean by seal. Got it. Bad news. Just tighten the drag as much as I could. Get it about, you know, from here to that chair from the boat. Go, you know, Kind of my final chance to land it. That sea lion comes up, grabs it right in the belly, and just sat there holding my reel as my freaking drag is just zipping out and finally snaps. And I was just like, well, it'll make for a good story, I guess. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it a, oh, all. dude, it was tragic because it was a stud. And the first time I ever saw that, you know, a picture or I think it was a video of a rooster fish was like on the Sportsman channel yeah, or something yeah. when I was like eight. I was like, 
that. I want to catch that <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't care what else. I want to catch that one. So that's still on my list. But they're crazy fish. Yeah. And they're super finicky. But it's cool because they come up on reefs or come up shallow. My uncle went and did a, a trip, that same trip. Uh, I was down there. He stayed for like another week and went to a resort uh, north of Cabo, about 60 miles somewhere. Tiny little freaking middle of nowhere jobby but they're fly fishing for him off the beach and you like rip wheelers around and you see him in the surf kind of like you would on a reef and you basically get like one cast out of you have to like sprint out into the surf and throw one fly at him didn't ever land one but i was like oh dude yeah a rooster fishing trip's got to be in the water they're cool (laughs) and they that was one of my first warm water fishes that i ever caught and i was down in mexico and man that was I got I got super lucky. We were in close, caught some jacks, and then went in close, and we were trolling for them, and just right up there, and I happened to hook one up. But that was probably one of the best tasting fish. I've really, ever I had. see. I've never like I've never heard like I'm sure you know people eat all fish. Let's be even the worst fish up here. People still eat, and they still taste pretty damn good, right? But uh, I've never heard you know of. Just a taste report on the rooster fish. They're but killer. Freaking. They're like they're like it's like beef. Like the texture of their meat is like it's like a mix between a tuna and a white fish, but it's like really dense. It's almost like dense like shark meat. Are they still like colored like a white fish, or are they more like a mackerel with some coloring? Too? They're like more like a mackerel, yeah. yeah. But they're awesome, and they're like really just like meaty. Like they got yeah. It's just it's it's impressive. It's like oh. yeah. How'd you have it done? Did y'all like grill it or bake? We had part of it grilled. We did a couple different ways. We did grilled, we did a ceviche, and then we did um, we did a baked one. So it was pretty killer. Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's still on the fucking no. radar. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No wonder you had to go get health insurance. You've been opening beer bottles with your teeth, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a bottle opener out here. I don't know. <laughs> you got you to get that wedding ring on then. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to give her any more leverage. <laughs> hey, I mean, at least you got a good excuse to have one. Right. I got to have a bottle opener. <laughs> Facts. The real reason I'll get married, guys. Right. Y'all heard it here first. <laughs> the best part about that, I talk all the shit I want. She doesn't listen to this shit. <laughs> she's just the guys hanging out bullshit in the garage anyway. Right, exactly. Goddamn right. That's all we do. <laughs> Cool. So, anyways, y'all were down down in Mexico fishing for that. Was that the only fishing trip y'all did while y'all were down there? He did another one. He went out and went for he went kite fishing for tuna. Yeah, which was pretty awesome. It was two days after I think. Yep. I don't know. It was like the something day like before that. or something. But um, yeah, um, found another really big school of jacks. They were just popping off down there when we were there. Caught the shit out of those all day around this island, and then kind of we're done with that. And then, but when we were doing that, it was pretty cool because the rays were coming up. Oh, really? In the school and like kind of chasing them around. I don't really know what was going on. I didn't ask. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really understand cool. the guys that were. <laughs> I was like, all right, nice. But uh, <laughs> you know, you're barely speaking English. <laughs> so it's like it's real tough. Yeah. Second language, real hard. <laughs> Still yeah, figuring out the first one. <laughs> See. Um, <laughs> hey. But, um, yeah, no. So then we went and busted a kite out, and I thought it was super stupid. So dumb. When it how does it out, I was like, how does, how that does this? Okay, so they, it's kind of like, um, like an above water like halibut fishing rig where you kind of have, but instead of a weight, you have a like a balloon basically. And your lure hangs down below it a little bit. 
and you have a live bait on it that's like threaded and then you kind of just like slowly let the balloon out like and it just carries and carries and carries in the wind away from the boat and you have it set to where the fish is like just on the surface splashing around like making a little you know and uh they just come up and hit it and we it has been like two hours of just like watching these balloons freaking flutter around and like these guys like working all these reels and stuff and like I'm not I don't get to like help them you know so like I'm just sitting there <laughs> trying to not like <laughs> trying not to drink too many beers yeah, <laughs> yeah. get sunburned oh so sunburned <laughs> oh, so, so sunburned like a lobster yeah like on this little ponga the only place that they had like a little covering or whatever was like behind the steering wheel. And guess who's not sitting there? <laughs> but, um, yeah. You're like, move. I yeah. am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then finally after, like, they they were like, oh, no, no, no. They start, like, kind of acting like a fish on a lure, you know. They, like, started getting all nervous. And uh, one came up and just smacked the shit out of it. And I fought that for, like, I don't know, like 40 minutes probably. They said it was, like, a 70-pound yellowfin or whatever. You could see it, like, down there circling in the boat. And it was getting late, and I could kind of tell that they were like, okay, we need to get this thing up. So he, like, tightens my drag, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to pump this thing up. And it's, like, coming up, coming up, and, like, I'm getting tired, too. So then, like, I made, I I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I freaking put my thumb Uh, on it and pulled up and broke it right off. (sighs) Honestly, though, I'm kind of glad. I got to see the experience. I saw the fish in the water. I don't know what I would do with a 70-pound yellow tail. Like, I'm not Make even home, really, to eat it. And it'd be super <laughs> expensive to take home. So, I, I, it would have been cool to, you know, like, actually really see it and, like, meet the fish. But, I don't know. I'm kind of Lives to see another day. Honestly. Somebody yeah. else gets to, you know, catch it or, you know, go on to spawn, yeah. do whatever yeah. it's going to do. So. Yeah. Either way, I didn't deserve it. That's a, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> gives you another reason to go back. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what you can call the next episode, Meet the Fish. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then we flew home, and pretty much right after I flew home, we went herring fishing and did um, sick of Kodiak and then drove to Togiak. Didn't make a set in Togiak, but I like got the experience. Of going, which is cool. Got found a bunch of glass balls. Super awesome. Nice. I've like not wheezed since football in high school, and running down the beach picking up glass balls. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was right, so huh? excited. <laughs> <laughs> My precious. Yeah, yeah. So and then we did that, and then got home salmon fishing. Um, broke my ankle. That wasn't super fun. Oh, I forgot surgery. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Surgery number five. How, how did you break it again? <laughs> I jumped off of a side-by-side that flipped over because we had to turn around and go pull one of my friends out that had gotten stuck like five times in a row. <laughs> Caleb Cazzini. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so then we, I don't know. It was just really dumb. We had a couple drinks. Nobody was driving and drinking. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we tip over in the mud hole. I'm getting out, and I freaking get on the wheel, like, kind of jump off. And the wheel turns, and then I, like, roll my ankle on the grass. Turned out that it, like, spiral fractured my little bone in my leg and then, like, broke the whole bottom off the big one. And then I had to get surgery, and then my boat sat in Whittier and, like, messed it all up because it Got full almost water. sank. Yeah. <laughs> and then... um. 
And then I went down to California, went squid fishing. Super successful, super fun. Definitely got on the right boat for that. Um, awesome time. Then I did crab afterwards. Um, that was super cool to see. I've always wanted to be a dungy fisherman. Got to do that. Check that off the list. And then right after that, I was home for four days and then flew to Kona. And Bryce's dad was getting married. And I booked a charter with the Humdinger. Heck yeah. Like Captain yeah. Brett Fay. Second time going out with him. First time caught like a 400-pound uh, Blue Marlin. There you go. Pretty awesome. We've met a lot of fish here. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but, yeah, a huge shout-out to that crew out there. Uh, I yeah. went on that first trip where you caught your blue and great crew awesome yeah. guys yeah, awesome. and yeah i'm glad you glad you went back with them yeah. they're freaking they've Total, got they've got my business sure. oh yeah. yeah no i will never they're go cool fishing with anybody yeah they else. are they're awesome those yeah. guys were great i couldn't believe that trip that was yeah. like <laughs> freaking badasses so cool but um yeah so like leave the harbor um <laughs> I don't know, typical morning in Kona, I guess. Crack like, a kinda, beer. Yeah, crack, <laughs> crack a beer, go get some fuel, freaking rip out. And um, I don't know, pretty typical, like, super high roller captain move. Like, leave the harbor, everybody goes left, we go right. Freaking go. He's like, oh, we're going to go catch some bait, and then we'll probably drop down there or whatever. And we, like, can't find bait, can't find bait, driving around, driving around, driving around. Finally find some bait, catch some. And the deckhand is like, oh, I think a marlin just flipped right there. And he was like, no, I don't think so. That that, that didn't look like a marlin. And then so we like kind of keep bait fishing a little bit. And then uh, Brett's like, no, screw it. If, it. if it was, you know, might as well see if there's something around. And we probably, what, troll for like maybe 10 minutes maybe and we get minutes. a double on sailfish yeah. oh my <laughs> it was it was fuck. like what the fuck like they yeah. both, we hooked up and it just was like boom. yeah I, explosive like lines crossing complete crazy. chaos one of them gets tail wrapped freaking oh it was so much fun and then we trolled around for like another hour and then we got a third one and i was like okay yeah, all, yeah. Right. All, all like super freaking big they were, beautiful they fish. Were like, yeah, one they of were them nice. was like 90 to 100 pounds the other one was like 70 and the other one was like 80 probably yeah. like they were nice Solid big fish. fish like well what's funny is like all last year the guy had like what two and i don't even he had two last year so the the dude's been running the humdinger for like nine and a half years, I think he said. And he said he's caught forty the entire and it was, time, including the same those three, including younger three. native yeah. looking yeah. guy. Yep. 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 yep, yep, yeah, it's his dad's boat. And then yep. he turned, yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then yeah, so he's like, I haven't. We got three in one day, and he's like, I don't think we even got three last year. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> and we were cool like, two, we were like two miles outside of the harbor. That's the coolest left. thing about a Hawaii. It drops yeah. off so quick, yeah. like. Here to find decent fishing, it seems like you got to go halfway to Kodiak yeah, nowadays. I know that's the one thing people like. I get it that like. Also, I'm gonna throw the sharks under the rug. Um, they we should be allowed to kill those over there. All the natives want them to die. Nobody likes them. There's more and more shark attacks. So anybody that like likes sharks. I think that I yeah. don't like you. Get rid of sharks. <laughs> Um, no, sharks are cool, especially when you catch a gray white in your net and then you let it go. And, but, um, no, so 
Where's he going with this? I don't know. The last word between Blue Marlin and Sharknado. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. You were talking about sailfish. I landed three. Yeah, and they were stud sailfish, by the way. Like those are. I mean, especially, I think it was the one, it's a picture of, like, you and Cannon mm-hmm. on the stern there. Great picture, but, like, that's that's They're a wall big. hanger. That's a wall hanger sailfish all day because they top out at, like, 140 pounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is a booner. And that big one y'all had, yeah. like you said, probably 90. I'd guess closer to 105. Like, yeah. it was, just from the picture, that was a freaking donkey. Yeah. That was a stud. Yeah, they're big. It was Definitely another, like, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. But it was cool to do it with the three of us, you know, that we grew yeah. up together. Oh, yeah. Like, OG like, homies from the beginning. Yeah. First grade. First grade. First grade. Yeah. Best tearing first it up, grade, and here so. we are tearing it up again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Halfway across the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so in We're Kona, <laughs> people kind of say, or, like, I've heard people say that, like, you know, it's just a typical story of, oh, it's not what it used to be or whatever, you know. Come on, really? Like, you have to, you're going to complain about having to drive an extra mile out of your harbor because the current's a little different? Like, seriously, I don't know. They, incredible fishing. Like, more life than you could really imagine. Like, you can, there's fish everywhere. Fish absolutely everywhere over there. Maybe I just have gotten very lucky and, you know, probably with the best people to go out and do it with. But, I mean, from what I've seen versus what I've seen in the charter community, in South Central Alaska, insanely different story. Like, yeah, because there has been a – I mean, just this year we got more halibut regulations. We have a rockfish emergency closure. Where? All Actually, I don't want to know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they didn't shut it down. They just cut it for both com- – for um, charter and personal use. It's three rockfish a day. Oh, now okay. versus the five. Any species or is it like China? They, or? It's still, I think now it's two pelagic, one non-pelagic. Which one's the, I always mess up so the pelagic pl- and non-pelagic. Pl- pl- pelagic are the like black rockfish. And okay, then non-pelagic so yeah, two are the are yellow eye, yellow copper rockfish. And those so. ones are always one. Yeah. yeah. So it's still one for your non-pelagic, but two for your pelagic now. And they based it off of increased harvest numbers on black rockfish uh specifically and they you know they threw the biomass all that stuff and basically blamed it on the pressure put on by the charter industry based on the closures for halibut which shifted the pressure to rockfish which was kind of a given it's hard to charge people what we charge and then give them one halibut and then a fucking ping pong paddle, you know, yeah. like yeah. those totally. don't even, I, I honestly, I wish they'd just take it to one fish any size. Cause yeah, absolutely. Cause you're just killing more babies. Wow. Genius. And you get yeah. on a 28 inch halibut. You're getting two and a half pounds of fillets off of it. It's yeah. you spend more fuel and, you know, put more carbon emissions in the air. Yeah. Chasing it two pounds of freaking edible meat than it's worth you know when i was deck handing i cannot tell you how many times or how many days we'd be out there running around trying to find two little ping pong paddles all day it's it's the worst you're looking for the smallest fish in the ocean and you're like what what are we doing here (laughs) i'm good at finding big fish not little fish (laughs) yeah but no that's good to hear that i mean shit you've done two trips with them you've caught enough 500 plus pound blue marlin and trophy sailfish with them. Yeah. They got my business. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Like, and they're 
cool crew, yeah, awesome, awesome down to earth people, great boat, multi generational fishermen, like yeah. many of us. Like it's just they're the real deal. They uh, are exactly what you hope your experience is going to be if you're going to go on a Kona charter. Yeah. Did they say have the same uh, hungover deckhand? No. Long haired no. white surfer dude. Damn. No. <laughs> <laughs> like cool, like local. Mm-hmm. Local Hawaiian dude, yeah. he was super chill. Nice. Yeah, talked about you would have freaking hey, loved him. Talking about like, hunting, he, you could tell like he's passionate about fishing, obsessed with sheep hunting. <laughs> yeah, like all obsessed yeah. with <laughs> sheep hunting. <laughs> like, all yeah. he wanted to talk about. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. He's like, I know I have a job to do, but how about <laughs> this thing that I think is cooler? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I me. remember being a kid, you know, chartering. <laughs> like, I didn't care about, like, halibut, really, back then. I was talking about snow machines. And stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, they're like, are you sure you should be doing this job? Yeah, oh, I'm overqualified. Don't worry, but <laughs> this shit's boring. <laughs> you can only catch so many fish. <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, that's kick-ass. So how'd it go after that? So that was post that was like salmon semen. Or salmon semen. <laughs> salmon semen. Damn. Salmon semen yeah. season. That was back in March when we did that. What? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. Just okay. a couple of months. Like, one of months. This winter's gone by really Oh, fast. that's right. Yeah, it was coming oh, yeah. quick. So, yeah, he got done with crab, and he came out for a couple of days, and then he flew right to Hawaii, and we did my dad's wedding, and then we uh, went out and went fishing and all sorts of sightseeing and yeah, and yeah. enough about fishing. Speaking of uh, sheep hunting, how you did? Uh, you did some backpack archery hunting while you're over there on the islands. How'd that go? I did. It was pretty cool. We uh, woke up pretty early and went up to. So every once in a while, I think it's once a month or twice a month, they open up a small little game refuge to archery only for the weekend. And um, so you basically apply for a tag online and then um, grab your hunting license, and we go out, and it opens up at like. It's uh, sun, dusk to dawn, so, um, or dawn to dusk, um, and so we went out about five, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, drove up, like, probably about, probably 10 miles up this old volcanic road that um, the military had pushed through and they used for, like, training. Um, anyways, we got there parked and grabbed our packs, and we started hiking in, and we hiked probably about 12 miles. We saw a couple pretty nice ones, but they were really skittish, and, uh, um, Probably half a mile away. So, anyways, we tried to creeping up on him. He was going to take the shot, but then, uh, like, as soon as he was all drawn back, like, ready to fire, and they took off. Ah. So, we chased him for a bit, but then it was kind of like on a wild goose chase because they knew we were onto him. So, um, and then we came back, and I left, but just a couple weeks ago, he ended up getting a nice little ramp. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. And so were y'all chasing uh, MUFON, or were they the Texas doll sheep? Do you uh, know? I, I'm pretty positive they're MUFONs. Yeah. They're yeah, MUFONs. kind of the yeah. big swooping yep. horns. Yep. No, that's when me and Vince were over there what, a year and a half ago or now, or so now. We were talking about that and just like, oh, we got to bring, we got to bring yeah, some bows rifle. and a gun. Yeah, 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 yeah something. Exactly. Yeah. We need to. Talk about harvest weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever's legal or, you know. <laughs> Ninja but, stars. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it, it was cool driving around. We saw a bunch of like the goats, you know, the feral goats, a few MUFON here and there, a few Texas dolls. And, you know, they're pretty laxed hunting regs for the most part. There's some goofy stuff with firearms over there. Yeah. And stuff, but like, especially if you're an archery hunter, you pretty much, you know, everything's open, you know, open season, fair game, you know, inside of certain, you know, certain boundaries. And 
No, I definitely want to. My next Hawaii trip is definitely going to include some hunting because yeah. it's warm. It's cool. Open Walking country. around in your shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I, oh. And then, like, so. we would hunt till like noon, and then we're like, all right, we're done. We're going to go back and go eat ceviche and drink beers and chill on the beach. Like, <laughs> right. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Sit in the sheets of fucking rain and shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just like, fuck. Eight layers Ever. of cool you trying to stay warm. <laughs> I yeah. forgot oh. my butt pad. <laughs> <laughs> my underwear is wet now. <laughs> Oh god! Uh, yeah. yeah, no, definitely that would be fun. We'll have to plan a trip, dude. Yes, yeah. get a big sheep kill going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that or go again. over to uh, Lanai and do an Ooh, axis hunt. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Have a big giant like beach sheep goat roast. Oh, yes. oh this is fucking awesome! Yeah, yeah go surf, surf blue out like sheep, oh, sheep version, mm. a couple margaritas, Ooh. some mai tais. Yeah. Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now, now, now you got me All excited. Right. So what do we pencil this in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. hang on. Yeah. You guys got your schedule up? Yeah. <laughs> PTO baby, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I'm a great time about over there. Is it? Pretty much open a little bit every year at any time of the year, so yeah, it doesn't really yeah. have to it's cut into anything wild. you love doing here. No, and yeah. that's the cool thing. And the other great thing is those six-hour direct flights yeah. straight from oh, Anchorage. Yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. beat that. That's the one, nice. the biggest upside to Alaska, because, like, Hawaii for everywhere else is, like, a big trip, and it still is for up here, but six-hour plane flight, it's like driving to Anchorage. It's, like, it's yeah. not that bad. You, yeah. you go to sleep, and you wake up, and you're there. That's only two like, Joe Rogans. I can nail <laughs> two Joe Rogans. <laughs> <laughs> dog. Yeah. Everything's put in the time of Joe Rogan episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two Joe Rogans, we're there. Easy. Oh, shit. Uh, no, yeah, because you hop on Alaska Airlines, fairly cheap prices, especially if you're using miles and oh, stuff. Yeah. You're yeah. freaking there and back, and, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll we'll definitely have to pencil that in. But uh, and well, and then too with Buddy just getting his new boat over there. We're yeah, to, yeah, we'll definitely be uh, sending Mackenzie some gas money and be like, yeah, hey, scouting trip, <laughs> scouting trip for the boys. <laughs> Let's go do some tests. Yeah, exactly. I'll buy you a new reel and give you gas money. Call it even. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, speaking of that, y'all got any uh, hunts planned or big fishing trips planned for? Uh, the rest of the year, I know y'all have got, you know, top of y'all's minds, you know, salmon season, that's creeping up on y'all. But uh, anything else uh, fun that y'all have got on the calendar yet? For me, I don't know. Pretty much just go salmon fishing and then probably going to do the squid thing down in California again. It kind of sounds like it's going to be a little earlier this year, which is kind of a little bit of a bummer. But um, I don't know. It'd be kind of nice if we could just go down there, whack them, and get them over with. Um, but, uh, I would, I really, if I have to, if I get a call and say that they have anything like the Marlin fishing that they had last fall, (laughs) (laughs) this fall, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go because last year is ridiculous. Um, not going to say any dates because I haven't experienced (laughs) it yet or seen it, but, uh, he had like 10 days where he didn't catch anything under 500 pounds every day. And I think. His best day, they had like six or seven or something. Jesus. Like, that's insanity. But, I don't know. I'd really like to see that. Um, it kind of sounds like there's going to be another ADAC caribou hunt Ooh. this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so, definitely cool. going to think about doing that. And, doing but like other, February, yeah, you think? 
January, February, I yeah. think, normally. I think the earliest we went was we, we went right after Christmas for uh, New Year's. Oh, that's a nice that's a nice time to be out there. Because I've always, we've always, when we did those um, caribou hunts that I helped guide for, there was, it's like always October. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool, but also I'd rather probably go when it's snowing because it probably brings them down yeah. closer yeah. to the beach. It and pushes them down. Yeah, They're like time. deer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like going yeah. to Kodiak early, you know, or, yeah. or late, late, and have them on the beach and you blast them. Well, mm-hmm. Let me tell you, when we went over to ADAC, in yeah. August, oh, oh, yeah. it was Brutal. a fucking ton of humping around. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> it was a ton of humping around and glassing and humping and glassing. Yeah. It's I can only like, imagine. Oh. I bet it's pretty cool, though, just seeing it, like, different like that. Oh, that train down there. It's like, fucking wicked cool. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you windy? can hike anywhere. It's not too bad. I mean, it was never oh. bad when we were there. Yeah, we had yeah. some good, pretty good storms. When we, so I, I did last, let's see, we, not last year, but the year before, I, I helped... Um, used to run we did high-end caribou hunts basically book called the wolstad we'd flying clients they'd hop on and then we'd take them out and they get um we just drop them off the beaches all self-guided hunts but i'd run the skiff over and drop them off and they go track down a caribou and shoot some they got some really nice bulls um i was impressed um and then they come back and we go over and i take them out and go duck hunting and fishing and it was like one of the coolest jobs i was like i'm getting paid to do this and i was like dude the transport gig is the way to go (laughs) that's like kind of a dreamy thing for me like if i could get to the point where i go salmon fishing and then just like kind of fall into getting to like go to transports for like a month or something in the fall with my saner oh he's so cool definitely doing that yeah it was crazy i mean it was like we'd be going out and like they come back in, they shoot a nice bowl, I go hop on, we take him out, and we were, like, jigging in, like, 400 feet of water in the middle of, like, October, and this dude caught, like, hooked in, like, we were drifting for five minutes, and I seen a longliner set a row of gear in there, and I was like, okay, obviously he's in this little bay, he probably did pretty good, so he decided to do a drift through there, and he was on a Kodiak custom jig and nailed, like, a 130-pound helmet. Holy and shit. Then the cool thing was he brought it back. And dropped off the boat, and then his kid's like, okay, I really want to go catch halibut, too. And I was like, all right, I mean, we can try it. We got one out here. I don't know what's going to happen. We go back, do another drift right through the same path. I was like, all right, let's just try it again. And I seen a bunch of cod on the bottom. So like, maybe that's what they're eating. We're in, like, 400 feet of water. Drops in, same thing, wham, and we got one another, like, around 100, and, like, brought it back. We're like, all right. And then everybody's like, I want to go now. And I'm like, hey, I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> 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 yeah, Don't put sh- me on the spot. We struck gold twice. I'm pretty good at what I do, but I think I got lucky at least once. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then, you know, you got, we go shoot a bunch of ducks, and it was like, I mean, we get, um, it was just amazing. There's everything out there. It's so cool. I've always that's the one thing. When, like when we were out on ADAC, it was just like I want I want to do some fishing out here. Just because uh, like yeah. it's incredible. There's no, zero pressure. You know, like a couple long lines here or there, but like they catch nothing like compl- fifty pound lingcod off the dock. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest off fucking the fish. dock, dude. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just, it's truly, in the when you're on ADAC, you're closer to Japan than you are Anchorage. Yeah. Like, oh, you pick up freaking radio stations, like Japanese radio stations. <laughs> 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 yeah. it, it's far enough away from the United States where you feel kind of, like, you're like, I really hope the power plant yeah. doesn't fail. Right? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like cause I, I guess we live on ADAC now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't land planes. They're nope. not going to fly out there if they don't get a response. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's crazy. They shouldn't fly planes out there anyways. When we flew yeah. back... We had a group of, I think it was 13 individuals we had. Yeah. No, no, it was either 12 or 13. Regardless, we had a 737 Boeing aircraft 
Other than our hunting party, there was one other person on the plane. This we is had after a, it got canceled for like one or two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had a private seven thirty seven to ourselves, <laughs> yeah. and like they yeah. should, they're not making money on that. <laughs> like no, well, and the great thing about that though is, is that I've heard at least is that one flight is actually subsidized by the state of Alaska due to mm, like yeah. they have to bring out the trooper and they got to bring out. Something else. Somebody they else. usually have, like, on our flight, I know there was a fishing game. Oh, the TSA. The, oh, the, yeah, the they TSA fly out the guy. TSA person, yep. the trooper, and then occasionally, like, fishing game. Fishing game, yeah. But, yeah, so it's complete, which is uh, a great insider deal. hack. If you want to go to Kodiak, uh, or not Kodiak, uh, ADAC, uh, get an Alaskan Airlines car. Oh, uh, because it's, like, yeah, yeah. 20,000 miles to fly there round trip. If you pay out of pocket, it's, like, 1,600 bucks round yeah. trip. So. Yeah. <laughs> From Anchorage, from yeah, Anchorage. exactly. To go interstate, <laughs> interstate, mm-hmm. sixteen hundred bucks round trip. Yeah. So, yeah. or like even the same thing with Dutch Harbor. The problem is Dutch Harbor doesn't do miles anymore. So, like, really, yeah, what? you're stuck with Raven now, and Raven's no, going, fuck. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not Raven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers never show up on time. No. Well, that and I'm like half the time I wonder how they land out there because we went through some crazy storms. We were, I was getting out of there. This May, or late May, early June, and we were going through. It was blowing. It topped out at ninety-five knots, so like a hundred and something <laughs> miles an hour. Screw that! Yeah. Screw that. And Screw it was like that. stacked like there were probably twenty-ish foot waves, like swells with like another probably six footers on top of it, Holy like just like you know, six foot breakers on top of it, and they were stacked close. And Ugh. we had like a on the boat I was on, it was a big hundred and eighty-foot landing craft and. The door is 25 feet tall, and the waves were going over the top of that. Yeah, the pucker factor is big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing like four knots, barely making it back. Yeah, you're just idling, just yeah. riding. Them Trying not to get board. her ass kicked. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I was yeah. like going to Sitka last year Yeah, on the boat that I was on. We went, I think, like a typical, like normal cruising, uh, like salmon saner can do like 200 miles in a day. About, you know, maybe a little, a little more, a little less, depending on like what's going on. I think we put like 40 miles on that because we were in eight foot chop, like going into it. And it was just every wave was just like vibrating the boat and like cans are flying out and stuff. <laughs> we lost an antenna. Dude, yeah, when, Shit's just happening. Fuck. When you're in just some fucked off shit, it's just one thing. There's nothing you can do because you're in it. You got to um, go gotta through go it. Through it. <laughs> Yeah, no, be it the you know, a couple times either going across the Kodiak or coming around the corner, you know, you're in the Shelikoff and you're trying you're in the trough through the Shelikoff trying to get into a bay and you're just sitting there just getting beat to shit. Like oh, my old man had a crossing into Kodiak where they got caught in some like sixteen foot tide rip just all stacked together. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking caught his, he was up in the wheelhouse getting bashed around, and his sleeve caught the throttle and freaking threw into neutral on the crest of a wave. So just nose dived into the oh. trough. And at the point, at that point, we had like a four foot wooden pulpit, like anchor pulpit off the bow, completely ripped that off. We got a ninety pound anchor on like six foot of chain, just freaking yeah, oh, just a wrecking shit. ball at that it's point. A nightmare. And it's one of those things where it's like. The tide rips are only half a mile long. You can see the fucking light at the end of the tunnel, but you got to do something about the freaking wrecking ball that's about to punch a freaking, you know, door sized hole through your bow. So it's like, hey, crew, bummer, go fix it. (laughs) 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 Exactly. I know you want to be in your racks right now. Not right now. (laughs) Go grab that thing and tie it off. 
So yeah, you just oh dishes yeah. flying out of the cabinet, all kinds of stuff. You know, I just like I have to laugh when they're like, "Oh man, we're gonna have a hurricane down south," and we're like. I've seen three of those this week, like out in Dutch Harbor. When I was out there on the tug, like we were like looking at, we got weather one day when I was out there and we were hauling cargo over to Accutan to the Trident plant. And um, company policies were not allowed to leave the harbor with anything that's over 16 foot. And uh, so we're tiling a 300 foot long barge with a 25 foot wave wall on it. We get the weather report in, (laughs) and it's like north, northwest, like. 95 to 100 knots and seas 54 feet. And we're like, nope. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Nah, we're good. How do they even make that? <laughs> like, what? No, the real a- question is, how do they measure that? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> They're just guessing. They're like, winds blowing real strong. Weather rock outside says, fucked Don't off. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to say an absurd number <laughs> to hopefully keep everybody from doing anything. Basically, yeah, yeah you go out there, you're going to get fucked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's... Uh, <laughs> And it's crazy that way. We had a trip uh, doing the exact same thing like you were doing for the Caribou over in Kodiak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, weatherman comes on. They're calling for like 55 to 65, which, I mean, most places is a fucking button-down big storm. Up here, that's your decent-sized blow for the yeah. fall. You know, yeah. like, you don't want to be traveling in it whatnot. But we are anchored up, nothing too bad sitting on anchor in like three footers like you know it's uncomfortable you know it's annoying you're sitting there listening to the slap but if you're used to it it's no big deal had a client she was getting seasick she since her last kid get seasick real easy or just motion sick in general so we're like we'll try and find a anchoring spot we just kept our skiff you know towed behind the uh behind the boat normally in big big storms or anything big blows we'll put her up top put her away to avoid what's about to happen um (laughs) so we like we're like all right we're gonna try and get up in this finger we're going big gust comes up picks up our skiff with the outboard on it flips it so now boat's upside down that's a bummer you know boats don't usually go upside down (laughs) not good (laughs) so before we can do anything we got to fucking deal with that we you know couple of the clients come down they're helping you know grab lines we finally pull it up it's still upside down we just three-point bridle it um get it secured finally get it you know kind of protected we're able to flip it whatnot get it retied off go up into this finger and we're like hopefully we'll be out of the you know because it's probably only quarter mile wide you know got 200 yards from rock to rock basically real skinny finger but goes back about a mile we're like it should be protected up there get in there it's gusting like 80 down this bitch just funnel them we're like cool 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 luckily it's super narrow so we're just dealing with like three foot chop like windblown chop no ground swell no nothing so we're just bucking into it but you can just you know it's 2 30 in the morning whatever time it is dark out you're seeing sheets of or water getting picked up by the every gust that's coming. You're just seeing it in the halogens. You're just bracing for it up there. Try and set anchor like four times. Just dragging, 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 dragging. You just can't get nothing to grab because our boat's a giant kite. Sits freaking 80 feet out of the water for no reason. <laughs> Fucking finally... Pretty much, Scott puts about on the rocks. Like I'm, you know, I could, I could see the rocks. He doesn't like getting that thing in less than 15 foot of water. Nonetheless, five, drop the anchor, and I'm just timing these gusts. I'm like, this thing's gonna grab any second, any second. I'm like, just please not right now. Grabs, pitches his broadside into this huge gust. Whole boat pitches on the side. Our bow rails that sit probably 
I don't know what five foot above yeah. the water line at least. Whole thing pitches over those bow rails, slap the water. I'm just like holding on to the oh, anchor, shit. Like, <laughs> snaps back like she should, and I was just like, <sighs> you know, anchor's holding, grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then finally get back there. We're like, all right, we're good for the night. You know, send all the clients back to bed, whatnot, and then me and Jim have to sit back there, strip the outboard. You know, it's been submerged for the last. You know, 10 minutes or whatnot, drain it, clean it all up, get it going. You know, trying to get it started for the next morning, sitting there pulling on it, pulling on it. Finally, it's starting to, you know, try and turn over. You feel a couple, you know, compression structure. All right, we're getting there. Finally, tries to start. Nope, tries to start. Nope. Gave her one more tug. I was like, she's going to go this time. Snapped the pull cord on the thing. I was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> Jim looks back down there just trying to like sneak it behind my back. I don't know. Nothing happened. <laughs> so, you know, take the freaking the whatever cap off, you know, jerry rig the pull cord together, finally get it running. We're like, oh, sweet. Let's get, you know, let's get some sleep. What time is it? Six. I was like, ah, you start on breakfast. I'll get coffee. <laughs> just roll into the next day, you know. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. Those storms could suck and I, on the Aleutian chains. But I mean, we got weathered in on our flight on our caribou hunt because yeah. it was, you know, we get done, we know we're fly, we're pretty much done hunting. We've got yeah. you know, garage full of caribou. We're still processing. Storm just slowly rolls in, and we're just sitting in the house through you know sixty plus you know not winds. And we're like, not well, a chance. Actually, this comes the in. way I remember that is everybody else sat down. On that first shitty day. That's and then true. We went and got some care of it. Hell yeah. Everybody else tuckered in, and me and you were determined on that. Yeah. And then as soon as we find a herd of caribou, apparently everybody else wants to go on it. <laughs> oh. But yeah. needless to say, we killed caribou. I yeah. killed the caribou on that day. Vince was very nice and just packed caribou that day because I think he'd already killed like four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were we were the only two out of the twelve that really stuck her out that day. We you found him, Michael. Michael's always got the eye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Michael always has the eye. He does. But. May not be the best hiker. <laughs> I got these the little legs. Lines. Okay, he doesn't pick the best line. But man, he can spot some animals. He's really good at spotting animals. I would have never saw him. Never ever ever. Might not be the best hiker or reader, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Very he can read not the, yeah, not, not a big reader over here. The yeah. <laughs> Lord knows that. But, but, no. same here. but yeah, we definitely if that ADAC trip's happening again. I heard Ooh, I heard I'm, some rumors and some mutterings about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 looking forward to that. Might have to work for Adam this winter. <laughs> <laughs> get, get invited again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i think we earned our keep last go around yeah we, I we, think we so. showed them we were there we weren't there to fuck around no, we're not there to watch movies <laughs> we will bring more liquor next time oh though. yeah oh, fuck. run Especially out day three. <laughs> oh oh man so we're what was it for a case of coors and a bottle of like kirkhoff vodka it's like 180 bucks doesn't yeah. matter that sounds about doesn't right. matter yeah, spend it we want that dude to stay in business yeah. as yeah. long as he's open exactly. next time we're out there dude that was the thing we were, we got we had we were on a mission we were anchored up and we were about ready to head back we had all had covid and we were like oh crap like time to go home boats all got covid we had more clients come in but like we didn't want the liability so we're all like anchored up it's blowing like freaking 70 or 80 and we're like we're out of booze 
we're about ready to drive all the way back to Homer. Like, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long drive. That's a thousand miles. Like, <laughs> thousand miles at eight knots. Yeah. He's like, liquor store run. I was like, hell yeah. All right. So, grab my ski goggles, hop in the skiff, <laughs> and uh, we load it up. We're a little tuned up, loaded up, rip in there, and we call Steve, who I'm. You guys all stay yeah. with and know Steve out there. Steve's awesome. And we're like, Steve, we need a big favor. Can you give us a ride to the liquor store? <laughs> He's like, okay. But they're only open for another hour. And I was like, okay, we can make that happen. We get there. We got like three bottles and three cases of beer, and it was like $600. And we're like, <laughs> holy fuck. Oh, there goes all the tips. <laughs> no, no shit. It's, it's crazy, but that, I mean, he's got a clientele of, what, 12 people yeah. on the that island? Is really a lifesaver. <laughs> it's a niche for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, niche. I don't get it, Steve. That uh, Great dude. If you're ever looking for a hunting outfit out there, Steve's give the dude awesome. a call and expect to be on the phone for at least two hours because he ain't got nobody to talk to. He lives nope. on an island with eight people. Uh, <laughs> dude needs some company. For sure. Uh, great host, though, but do awesome. expect to spend at least eight hours talking to the dude, Let's which isn't a bad so. thing. You no, should... it's not. He's got a lot He's got a lot of history. And the other thing he's told me, too, is that he likes to give tours because I guess he used to be the fire chief out there when the oh. base was running. Yeah, we need and to actually probably spend a day with him. And he yeah. said he'd cover truck. Us- when he uh i guess he said he'd go give us a tour of the uh old missile silos that are out there That'd be and cool. the control rooms and cool. stuff and another rumor that i've heard and he's actually told me this uh so basically i guess the way it all worked is he won the lottery and he actually went to adac yeah so he told me this this is one of the stories i've got from him he won the lottery and he's got a bunch of money and he decided all of his like aunts and uncles and nephews and fucking people in his family were bugging him for money and so he's like i'm gonna go to the most middle of nowhere place i can find and i'm gonna go hide out there and, and so he went out to adac and he said and he told all of his aunts and uncles and people he's like if you can make it way out here i will give you some money and nobody's ever came out there <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy that's literally, a wild story yeah i, I don't doubt it because like Adak's a freaking journey. That's the place yeah. to go. You used to really want to be there. He owns like half the island now. He, like, he just picked up some new parcels. He's like, dude, picked up three houses, 12 grand. 12 grand. <laughs> hey, you want a triplex? 5,000 bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just have to fight the fucking right, the rats out of the jail. Yeah, yeah for it. You're fucking Scooby, man. Good. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I went some into of one of those places and like the garage has got like a hole blown in the wall and like. You know, you walk inside, though, but it's like everybody just got up and left, and literally there's still water in the toilet upstairs. Like, you could sit down and take a piss in there. Well, and it's like, crazy. All those crazy. old – that's the – like, it took me so long to figure out a good way to, like, explain a- ADAC, but it just feels like you're trespassing on history. Like, it just totally. feels like – Totally. Like, like Absolutely. it's just a place that disappeared, everything was left, and then you're just – they're on a hunting trip. You fly back in 1995. It's just wild. I've never gotten like a pit in my stomach from something like that, but just walking around ADAC, especially like the old military barracks and stuff, because they're all unlocked. You can go do whatever the hell you want. And um, and it's just like, whoa, like, because it was a bustling place with 20,000 people in it, not but 25 years ago. And now it's just nothing. You're withering away to people. the wind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is wild. Just yeah. like, yeah. Yep. it's sad to think, but like in our lifetime, it's going to go away. Like, unless. Yeah. Well, we have you, kids, it may not be out there. Yeah. 
No, for like sure. our next next generation might not. The only way to get there will be large commercial vessel. Take a boat okay. out there and hope that the dock's still standing, yeah. <laughs> or have a tender boat to freaking zip it. Like, because yeah. you know, as it was explained to us, the second the power plant goes out, which is was built in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just gonna relocate everybody out there because the only reason they keep shit operating out there is because it's still technically functioning and yeah. there is some demand from you know hunting uh, commercial fishing it's you know a port there it's a way to tuck out of the weather but full-time residents there's less than 50 people that live out there and it's yeah they're just crazy oh no, there's no store they have to fly in all their groceries there's you know a liquor store <laughs> yeah yeah, you got, yeah i guess you got you got hunter not grocery but i mean there's not much they're open from noon to two on like tuesdays and thursdays yeah you get yeah. like two days <laughs> you get four hours a week to go get yeah. your groceries. well and they're completely shut down in the winter now oh are what? they now really yeah really? they weren't open while we were there the oh no way. i guess you're right yeah they, oh, wow. I mean, we would have gone there because we went over there when we were uh, not last year but the year before when october they were still open in the winter yeah. like, we had to go get some stuff for the boat but yeah it's crazy to think there is Three billion dollars in assets sitting on that beach that they just got up and left. Yeah, and well, just left there in the ni- in ninety five to ninety five. That level of money yeah. back then. Back then, I mean, that had to been like what six billion dollars. Yeah. Now? Well, that's what <laughs> Adam was telling us. He said because he was there the year they shut it down, and he said they were just filling Connexes full of gear and stuff, yeah. and burying it. That's what all those big fields are like. The yeah, I don't know. There's basically a fancy way of saying no dig. It's just, you know, they the label them fields. as landfills and yeah. stuff, but you wouldn't know. If they didn't have fences and signs, you wouldn't know what it was. No, and they're wouldn't. just giant burial sites of shipping containers full of probably snap-on tools. Yeah. And <laughs> All that good shit. Yeah, exactly. Gold whatever mine. else the military spends their money on. There's probably Tanks. a couple nukes buried in the ground <laughs> yeah. out there. Just pristine condition inside of yeah, shipping containers. A couple yeah. M1 Abrams just chill yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. And then they probably got them like, labeled somehow, and they're like, all right, if we got to go back to ADAC, we know right where that shipping container is. Yeah. over in, like, field number four. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Samantha's yeah. dad down. was stationed out there doing EOD. Oh, no way. That's and cool. And so he learned, he, he has hiked over the entire island yeah. with metal detectors and shit. And then he got hired, contracted in private to go back out. Oh, cool. And do cleanup and shit. And they know where everything is. That's crazy. That's awesome. A thousand so They got, like, full lists, like, oh, yeah. everything. Do they? Yeah. Oh, Right, what I would do to get my hands on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, how did I'd absolutely go out there for free to go fuck the Twitter files and go help them dig stuff up? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you got paid, you got paid, I'm sure, very well. (laughs) That's technically kind of how we go out there with Paul because he's the well, he's the on call uh, mass casualty doctor for whenever. Yeah, freaking Samantha's dad goes yeah. out there and blows uh, shit up. If yeah, they blow yeah. a bunch of people up, they fly yeah. Paul out there yeah. to go deal with it. And he's like, "Yep, they're blown up. Yep, they're blown up. There you go, Gary. Count me in." He's like, "I'll take this call from Hawaii." Uh. Uh, yeah. So wait, you got blown up. You're missing all your limbs. Yeah, you're basically a vegetable. I, don't, I can't tell you anything else. I don't think you're gonna make it. Sorry, I'm pretty much fucked. <laughs> let the let the birds pick the rest of you away and have somebody bring you a bottle of Jack and call it a day. Exactly. Like that's you. Uh, Sir, have fucked around and you found out. <laughs> how would you guys feel? Because I've thought about this and I don't know how I feel about it because it's an extreme in both ways, but like they're so different. How, would you rather the power plant get shut down or would you rather it turn into a full blown military base again? 
So because you lose both. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing, I I would rather if the option was see ADAC wither away or them reinstitute a base out there. I'd rather them reinstitute a base out there. One, just strategically, it's genius for the yeah, United absolutely. States. Absolutely, yeah. I honestly don't really know why this is like more of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, North. It would yeah. be a bummer losing access to it because you yeah. lose access to pretty much the whole island. If we're, being I kind of think they'd get rid of freaking all the caribou and stuff. Well, I think the the cool thing though that they might not touch is which we actually do a lot of hunting on. We did a lot of hunting on oh, this. Cag- other island? Cag Alaska. Yeah, so okay. you go through, right, yeah. but there's Cag Alaska Strait, which is just the island north of ADAC. Okay. It's the one you fly and, over and you so, think you're in ADAC, but, but you're, you're not. not yet. Really? Yeah, and so a lot of caribou, there's a short, narrow strait that a lot of caribou have um, swam, swam across. across, and then they, like, made their life over there. And that's where we got three of the biggest bulls I've ever seen. Yeah, I like, don't doubt it. If there's no monsters. pressure on them. Well, that yeah. was how, uh, I forget which island it is on the Kodiak Archipelago's, but it was the same thing. It's oh, like, Fognac, yeah. No, it, it's not oh, a Oh, no, Fognac. is it ras- uh, Raspberry? No, it's none Probably of the big ones. Island. It's one of the weird named ones. Um, okay. But it's one of the smaller ones, but it was the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Some yeah. of the deer swam across and just took a foothold, and no, none of the locals would hunt it, and none yeah. of the non-residents would hunt it. And then a few people started hunting it, taking freaking banner deer off of it, and then people caught on. But I bet it's the exact same exact thing same out thing. there. And yeah. to a further extent, because just the amount of people going to the ADAC, very small. The amount of people going to an adjacent island of ADAC, non-existent <laughs> no, exactly. I, I literally think we're the entire like the only boat there that entire year i mean and we there's some and the cool thing too is on that island there's a late run of silvers um really? and they actually like go, a decent sized pink run and there's decent sized pink run and there's and there's actually uh, your there's boat's a, not big enough don't even yeah. get any ideas <laughs> one day it'll be <laughs> one, 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 day. <laughs> one day and there's actually a lake too that's up high that's full of arctic char Ooh, oh, yeah. cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that piqued my interest. Yeah, we'll do a we went fly out trip out there. We oh. hiked all that. We saw all the silver run, and yeah, that's it cool. was nuts. It's that's epic. Awesome. It was the thickest I've ever seen fish ever in my entire life. You could really? walk on a thousand percent, like yeah. in the river or on a beach. On the river, oh. it was, yeah, it was just chock insane. full, chock full. I've never seen it like that before in my life ever. Wow, it was the craziest sight. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it's such a cool place out there. I'm like constantly I'm like, man, if we got like. Three or four people together, we could just go buy a triplex and mm-hmm. then, like, dude, I know, have a sweet little spot to hang out, like, and just go out there for a month at a time. It would be the sh- it's it's cool. It's, it's just great. It'd be cool to just walk around. Like, I'd love. I need to go when it's not the winter, just experience yeah. it. Come in like October, just to, like check it yeah. out. Go in August. Everything August October. All the caribou are still in velvet. Beautiful, yeah. and the salmon's running, and it's nice. That's when Adam used to go out there, and he was like, "You're young. If you want to go hike and freaking kick kick your ass, you and, kick but your like ass. also freaking have the time of your life." He was like, "Absolutely go." Yeah, no, no. thing. Yeah, that yeah. would be. I go put awesome. on fifty plus miles in a week. That'd be a fucking yeah. That'd be fun. Well, and the other thing too is duck hunting. We go do some duck hunting out there. The harlequins. There's tons of harlequins. Oh, they're and, loaded up. Out oh there. man, they're so good. And then the, uh, there's also some. Uh, King eiders too, and there's just yeah. They get the king eiders, yeah. and they get the um, what is it? The emperor geese. There yeah, the emperor geese. I, was, yeah, I kept geese. wanting to say European geese, but I was <laughs> like, I don't know the right no, word. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. 
I got a hookup for that on Kodiak now. The guy I sold my four-wheeler to, he runs a, a lodge down there, and he says they got the freaking hookup for Emperor And he was like, I, I, speaking of, I need to call the bank. I, freaking my title never showed up for the four-wheeler. It messaged me like two weeks ago, and I was oh. like, it still hasn't shown up. He's like, that's a long time for a bank. I was like, yeah, me too. I was really hoping you just weren't ever going to ask for it. But <laughs> to be honest. I was like, I'm just going to forget about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're happy. I'm happy. Cool. Like, he cares about a title. It's a four with it. You know? yeah, exactly. He ain't driving that motherfucker on the road. <laughs> Facts. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, there's, this is going to be a cool year coming up. Oh, I'm super stoked. It's killer. Yeah, speaking of that, so y'all want to try and get a freaking bear hunt before y'all leave? When do you do y'all it. are thinking big, like second week of May y'all are dipping out with the boat? No, no. My plan is hopefully have the boat in the water and like functional by like the 17th or 18th. And then hopefully if everything's all good, I'm going to have the net off the boat and then come down to Homer and like... The skiff will be done. Hopefully, most of the stuff that the boat needs is pretty much done besides, like, little stuff. And then they're going to come down and Homer and, like, hang out for, like, 10 days. I'll, like, do a little bit of network for a couple of days. But I want to try to have, like, I don't know, like, four or five days before we leave to Word. relax. Because we should definitely try and set up a black bear camp. Go for at least, uh, you know, we can for sure do a three-day weekend if not yeah, another, another day. Nice. Nice three-day weekend. Fuck um, yeah. Maybe a little PTO, cash and let PTO. Yeah. <laughs> Grab an extra day and go yeah. go set up, you know, go base camp and freaking then go split off and whack some bears. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Especially, like, if we do, like, second week of May, if y'all aren't planning on dropping the boat to, like, the third week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pre- I mean, because it's kind of a later, later season this year with the amount of snow we got. But if we get over there... Second week of May, I don't yeah, see like a reason why we'd. Oh yeah, it'd be golden grams. Like yeah, you know, long days, plenty of sedge grass on the beaches. Yeah. The hillsides will start opening up, and we can freaking dump some bears. Yeah. Another thing I want to look into for like next spring is uh, getting a brown bear. Yeah, yeah, I would love to like up bear. behind the hills or something. Yeah, we ran into a couple over. Uh, the base of Brown Mountain over on Nuka, yeah, uh, yeah. on one of our black bear trips, they ran into a really? sow and two cubs. Over there? Huh. Yep. Um, and I went into, I was talking to Fish and Game in there, because uh, I had the registration permit for the same area, because um, we were planning on doing a week-long trip, and then that's the week my dad had his heart attack, so I had to go run the boat. Yeah. Um, but was talking to them, and they're like, really, a brownie? I was like, where at? I was like... Brown Mountain area, they're like, ah, that makes sense. We get quite, a, they get apparently quite a few sightings over base of Brown Mountain and stuff, oh, wow. which is, I mean, kind of, you could probably access it from Port Dick, but it'd be a pain in the ass. It's a lot easier from if you go around Gore Point, get on the Nuka side, but yeah. there's definitely some brownies over there. And I mean, you get far enough in the hills. One of the guides I was working with uh, for Steve's outfit, he wants to start. Uh, doing his own like snow machine, like yeah, early that's exactly season what I want to do. Trip. Like, this time yeah. of year, when there's still a bunch of snow, go out there, go get them out of the den up mm-hmm. high, yeah. right when they're coming out, dude. Yeah. Just north of the domes, dude. Every person that I talk to this fall that like actually like really spent time moose hunting out in the hills this year saw one at yeah. least. Well, oh, we've yeah. always seen sign even out behind my dad's place out east. Yeah. Like, like their brownies they're, are they're out there. there. You know. There was one that crossed Diamond Ridge last summer or something like yeah. that. Like they're around. Oh, they're, they're around. Well, um, real well in the domes. The guy yeah. that actually used yeah, to work for uh, 
Uh, yeah, Jared awesome. Bradshaw got one of behind his house up on Skyline. It was like uh, for bow record wise, he shot it with a bow. It was like number five. Like I don't know how they're big. Huge. That's yeah. a that's yeah. a thing about the peninsula bears. We don't have a ton of them, but they're big because they stay out on the boonies and nobody hunts them. It's a normal season. Nobody there's quite, them. There's really? quite a nobody, few no, nobody, people nobody who run like bait bait sites up in Kenai and stuff, which I do think because they extended that baiting season to where they'll get a little more pressure. But those ones back in the hills and stuff, nobody's oh, yeah. targeting those. This no. time of year, too, like, we could easily, like, on a day like today, put on 100-plus miles, no problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're just, you're looking for tracks, you're looking for den dig outs, and then it's just finding the needle in haystack. You're looking for brown yeah. on white. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that would be the thing, too, is go run up before the Fox River gets thawed, is run up to the head and take folders and run up the river and go up into the canyon back there. Because I've heard they're like at the base of that canyon and those hit foothills coming down. I think it'd be pretty cool. In terms I was of their- actually going to ask you because I don't know because I don't read regulation books or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, where is that line that you can hunt the Fox River? Because so, there's like a refuge and a reserve up there. up there. Is it pretty far? So you can hunt both it's just motorized access ends okay. and so oh, okay. if you've been yeah. up to the head of the base so you can hunt like well in it you that's all as far as you can hunt. see you can hunt okay. but the motorized access ends so have you been up to the head of the bay where if you're taking kind of those old homestead trails yeah. like there's an old airstrip back there yeah. and stuff yep. From that airstrip, it's probably what another three miles. Where the power lines cross over. Okay. okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in line right. with those. That's yep. basically the boundary, right there. Okay. okay, that makes sense. But yeah, from there, it's only non-motorized. So a lot of people take horses back there. A lot of people take wheelers Brody. back there, which Dude, illegal. But last year, Brody pumped a brown bear at the lake. Sean nice. at the lake. Nice. Huh. Huge. It was like a nine footer or something like that. Oh, Huge brown bear. Awesome. Damn. No, and he rides there. out there with horses and shit. Yeah, he's had cool. a lot of bear I've encounters. Heard, like bear encounters, like Brody's your guy. <laughs> if you want to almost guy. die due to bear, call Brody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. We got to get Brody in all the little bear yeah. Brody's the shit. That'd be cool. We <laughs> just got to cool. lure him in with some Bud Lights. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Corona and lime. <laughs> oh, shit. But no, if you want to try and plan something like that, I'll talk to uh, my guide buddy because he's really interested in He's one of the Girdwood uh, snowboard rats, oh, cool. but he, all he does is board and backcountry hunt. He's he's a bear son, bear hunting son of a bit. Like huh. he killed a bear two years ago that he walked the pads off that bear. Like he tracked that bitch like eighteen miles before Damn. he killed. Like he kills bears and he does a bunch of Unimac Island hunts and stuff. Like he's a bear dude, um, and he'd be interested if we could get together some like yeah. sleds and stuff and be, be like, awesome. hey, let's go do it. He'd be all about it. Yeah, be cool. But, no, yeah. that'd be kick ass. Yeah, that'd be super well, cool. Well, we'll have to plan a black bear trip, and then uh, when does your squid season end? Do you think? Um, I know it's I all know. that shit. The guy changes. that I'm actually going to be working for, we've got like kind of a weird market because it's if we're giving them good fish, they're not going to stop buying. But kind of like the date that I've heard was that it if it actually goes early this year we might be done around like uh thanksgiving that's not bad yeah so we might have to plan a late season hunt over here or something then mm-hmm. that or just yeah. go to hawaii or just yeah hawaii you know you fly in you freaking go say hi to the parents super happy 
Go hunt. Yeah. And you go fish, go you go hunt. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it all in shorts and a t-shirt. It's weird. You well. kind of spend the same amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, fuck. Right. <laughs> and it's like 80 degrees all day long. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Not bad. Well, shit, guys. Sweet. We done did it. Did I won't it. eat up too much uh, more of your time, but... Uh, Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you if you want to be found and any other uh, calls to justice, calls to action you want for anybody to do. Buy all your fish from uh, Kings Bay Fisheries. Yeah, Kings Bay Fish Company. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make it. It's, it's not. Someday. It's not pimp shrimp clothing comp. No, pimp <laughs> shrimp. Pimp shrimp. Some cool guy down in the southern action. I don't know. It's, it's Them a cool shoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw him on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like shrimping. <laughs> no, I do a lot of shrimping in this summertime. No, very nice. No. Oh. But where, where where can the people find you, follow you around, follow your adventures? Uh, well, if you see the Labrador, scream on by. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of stand out. I'm like usually taller. And a little bit broader than most people. <laughs> Usually got a mullet, long blonde mullet. And uh, yeah, hear this voice. Come give me a hug. <laughs> and he loves a hug. <laughs> what about you, Bryce? Any social media or anywhere you want people to track you down? Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to keep up on the adventures, um, I got uh, my Facebook page, Bryce Donich, and uh, I always post stuff, videos from the summer, um, and our experiences or from our salvage jobs and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, come check us out and always entertaining i'll keep you guys updated so hell yeah and uh once again thank you everybody for listening uh, you can find us over on instagram at average underscore alaskan underscore podcast as well as our personal pages michael underscore swoboda and sean underscore luv l-u-v and if you so desire you can email us at average alaskan podcast at yahoo.com uh, I do my best at responding to all of those messages as quick as possible and bring you all the best content that we possibly can. And if that doesn't meet your satisfaction, I'm sorry. It is what it is. It'll be what it'll be. Um, but we got big plans in the future. Continue to grow this. Continue continuing to do our amazing adventures. Can you? Ten, I got to find an easier word to say other than continue. Uh, but we're going to keep on where, yes, we're going to progress with our adventures and all that fun jazz. So follow along here. We appreciate everything y'all do. Don't forget to leave a, a like, subscribe to the show, leave a review, comment, whatever you want to say. doesn't hurt us. As long as it's five stars, we're happy bitch and moan all you want. Just hit that five star icon and we're golden grams. Um, but until next week, guys. We're going to get after it. Send us on out of here, Sean. See ya.